Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> welcome to Channel 9 of the STRY Radio Network, where stories live. Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen choices do you make in a day? In a year? In a lifetime? How many really matter in the end? Do you agonize over the small ones and avoid the important ones? Here on my lift, in this place where all things are possible, your choice matters. Your choices require sacrifice. Will you make the right one? Choose to listen to The Lift in iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now iHeartRadio. Before you listen to this podcast, be aware this show often uses very naughty language. If you don't like that, you shouldn't listen. Send your complaints to I am a whiny baby with no sense of humor at nightstory.com or stop by the studio. I'll take you for a ride to a story of my choosing. Hello, let's go for a ride. Ninth story. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the ninth story. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, lived a giant, a mouse and two chimps on a gavin port. One day the first chimp said to the other, We should make people What's going on, John? Nothing. It, you know, in, in the... Uh, in the, in the, in the <laughs> tradi- energy is just sucked out of the That's room right. somehow. That's right. Keep drinking, buddy. You, you, you barely made a dent in that thing. I know. I pack my own limes too. I uh, yeah. You put a you fucking dent in that thing. It, and you know, only because you're here. Because I make a rule now when I podcast that I don't drink. 
because I say stupid shit, and then I, like, lose sleep all night. So I'm like, what did I say oh, on the microphone? That's half the fun. <laughs> you got to live on the edge, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I should. It's, you know, I got fucking four episodes of this shit left. Yeah. And, and then I'm handed it over to... Uh, well, congratulations, by the way, on well, all your recent success. Well, thank you. Yeah, something had to something had to go to the way, wayside. So Jeanette and Alexander will take it over, and they'll do a fantastic job with it. And for sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, I trust them implicitly. Uh, Jeanette's been there. We are. It's a red horse <laughs> show now. Uh, but you know, Jeanette's been my co-host all season long. So this is actually she's probably loving it. It's an opportunity for her to catch up. She doesn't have to actually check a punch in for these episodes. Yeah. And I mean, how sweet is that for someone to just hand you a full formed podcast yeah. and be like, Hey, go have fun. That's young, right. Young, young lady. <laughs> it's a blessing or a curse. I haven't decided which yet. Um, so yeah, you know, just like Conan at the end of his run, I may as well run it into the ground before I hand it over. Right. The barbarian. No, it's Conan oh. O'Brien. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about that guy. You don't know anything about Conan O'Brien? Well, he's got like red hair. Yeah. I think the. He had the Tonight Show until Leno stole it back from him. Yeah. Like the only thing that I remember is that I thought was funny was the in the year 2000 with him and Andy Richter and they'd shine the flashlights in their face. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he actually said one of my favorite things ever. It's um, it's it's actually the uh, one of the, the axioms that I try to live by. Um. And I, I was like going to I was, I was gonna, say that word enough. Axioms. They do or they don't. They don't. Yeah, I don't hear that nearly as well, often. Well, congratulations and, or, or you're welcome. Yeah, One yeah. of the two. I'm um, going to bring that shit back. That's right. So the axiom is <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the, it comes from his last show and he's basically telling people not to be cynical because everybody's all pissed off that Leno stole his show back. And he's like, you know, don't be cynical. I hate cynicism. It's one of my least favorite things. And I'm probably going to end up paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact quote, but essentially it's if you work really, really hard and you're kind to people, amazing things will happen. And I think it's very true because I, that listening to him say that actually changed my life. Really? Yes. So what, what changed? Like, what would you do? What did you do differently after hearing this axiom? Axiom? Um, well, maximum, maximum. Um, I realized that it was was okay to be myself because I'm kind of a nice person. Yeah, and I try to help people out as much as I can. Yeah, this is true. And you help me out all the time. I like to build communities. I like to bring people together and say, "You do this, and you do this. You two should do this together." Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, a lot of what I've done with Wicked Library and The Lift and, you know, Ninth Story as well is a lot of community building. And, you know, it's like I try to do as much as I can to help out other people. So and- instead of kind of getting off on being withholding or something, it let you be like, hey, I really need to help people more or something like this. It, it I don't know. Or it's, validated that thought. Yeah, it validated the the idea that it's okay to be a nice guy. Well, because in our culture, a lot of times when you're a nice guy, we, especially if we're nice guys, yeah, you know, we see it as people are kind of walking all over us yes. all the time. And you just kind of have to be like, hey, that's part of the gig. Yes. And there's, but you have to look at the benefits sh- right. shit too. And then like you, you say sometimes like, sometimes you just got to say no. 
you know, right. whether you're busy or whether you're like, hey, no, the last time I did something for this fuck, he <laughs> fucked me over. So fuck him. <laughs> or, or sometimes it's kind of like, I can't say yes to everything because then I can't do anything. Right. It's, it's, you know, you get to that point eventually where you, you say yes to a lot of things in the beginning because yeah. you should and you need to because not only are you gaining experience, but you're you're building community. You're, you're, it's something you want to do. Yeah. Something you're like, that's a great idea. That sounds fantastic. I want to do that. But eventually you get to the point where you realize, how many people did I say yes to? And now they all want me to give them their stuff. Yeah. Like, the, and then you feel guilty because you're like, well, I said, yeah, I, I really wanted to do it when I said yes. But then you wake up in the middle of the night and you got cold, cold yes. fucking sweat. Oh. And, and the only, like, you close your eyes, you're trying to sleep. But the only thing you see is like the, that the chaos symbol of like the eight <laughs> arrows going in all different directions and blood red and you hear a wee wee fucking like a, a submarine diving alarm is going off <laughs> in your head <laughs> it's truth um in all honesty i do sometimes wake up at night worried about the fact that i have so many things that i've promised to so many people and i want to do all of them it's it, honestly, it's fucking crippling sometimes because yeah. I will sit here sometimes for 20 minutes debating which of these balls do I try to keep in the air? Which, I, what do I juggle next? I see this a lot in lists. Like I sit down to write a list to like prioritize the stuff that I need to do. And then that turns into like 40 minutes of list writing. <laughs> like I'm using this as a tool of procrastination. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I got stacks of here of like, this is the stuff I have to do today. Yeah. And it's like, and I've got six days worth of these are the things I have to it's do like today. Item one, make another list. Yes. Prioritizing this. <laughs> it what makes else? me grumpy. Well, I'm glad that this uh, Axum or Maxim from uh, Conan o O'Banion helped you out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Conan O'Brien, yeah, um, yeah. It, it basically gave it. It basically said what you're doing and your philosophy is okay. Yeah, yeah. That and, and I've and it took it's okay four to, years it's, for me to get there, but I'm finally starting to see the benefit of helping and doing things and wanting to be a part of these communities and wanting to be a part of these projects. Not because it benefits me directly, but just because it's something that is a good thing. It yeah. should be done, you know? Yeah, because, you know, like, when you see somebody and you're like, I could help you, but, you know, my shit's more important or yeah. whatever. Like, there's there's some karma yeah. there. Like, there's this um, homeless vet that uh, panhandles by one of the bridges that I live by in town. And um, I, I, I'm not tuning my own horn or whatever. I was just talking about helping people, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, I went out and I got a whole thing full of freezer bags, and I got like. And you and you smothered him with them. No, no, Good no. Job. Thank I you, got, John. Like, socks and like Purell hand cleaners and like candy bars, and sometimes I'll throw beers in there for him and a couple bag of weed if I had it. Yeah, maybe I would do that, but like Kleenexes and just like take care of yourself kind of stuff. Yeah. And I keep him in the back of my car. Whenever I drive by the guy, I unroll the window, I throw it out. He says, God bless you. And I'm like, thank you for your service, sir. And, you know, and, and that's the end of it. Yeah. And then like, hey, because of the nice thing that I just did for this guy, I could treat two people like shit today. <laughs> 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 and I'll even out somehow. 
That's great. <laughs> no. I got tons of unused toiletries from when I used to travel a lot yeah. in my cupboard. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can fuck people over. Yeah, right. No, that it's part, license, it's that, licensed to It's licensed to be a dick. No, Thank you. <laughs> that no, part's the joke. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, um, but yeah, because I feel like I know what you're talking about, too. Yeah. Like, you have to. I used to be like, I used to kind of be like a hateaholic. Like, I used to like just be fucking miserable. I mean, all the time. I used to be full of rage. Yeah, yeah, for real. And it's taken me a long time to be like, dude, it's okay to be fun and happy and even, dare I say, goofy sometimes. Yeah. And just enjoy this fucking I'll tell you crazy what. life you got. You ah. said something the other day, and it really made me realize that something... John must be changing somehow. I'm a sage-like wizard. You no. are, man. <laughs> no, you said the other day, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this, that. I'm going to take some time off and enjoy myself because, you know, I that's, got to. That's not me changing. Like, I'm literally just... I'm a, a fucking cigarette butt that's just been like... <laughs> jammed into the ashtray and then a tank rolled over me like i'm just i'm like so fucking burned out <laughs> you're a crispy critter that's what we used to say crispy critter uh, well good for you man i'm glad to hear it yeah so this is the nice story podcast I'm, I'm, episode I'm, episode number 416 my guest is john towers I, and i'm glad that he's just a burnt out husk of a man now. that's right that's right it's fantastic <laughs> it's, it's a good thing it's it's martha stewart it's a very good thing no so this is kind no of, it's good that you're sniffing the roses you know, yeah, no, taking time kind of, to taking time to tiptoe through the tulips, as it were. My, it's like, kind of like my unplugged weekend. Like I'm getting yeah. ready to send my my the big book out mm-hmm. to the publisher and just tinkering with the little couple things, taking the the day off to enjoy uh, Luke Cage today. Yeah, we were going to talk about that. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go hang out with uh, myself and uh, Mr. David Fairhead at Cinema Wasteland this weekend. Cool. Totally, I got my provisions and stuff ready to go. I just nice. need to pack my bags and uh, just hang, just hang out and not, not do, worry and not do twelve hours of work in eight hours at night. Good all for the you, time. man. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, because eventually you get to the point where you start to get grumpy when you have too much on your plate. Not you. I'm just saying the general you. Right, right. And, and then you start to snap at people and be like, uh, "I'm gonna go f- pet my dog. Fuck you." <laughs> my wife's like. She's like, you need some fucking time off, and I'm like, yeah, I know. She's like, you're already, you're already starting work on your next project, aren't you? And I'm like hiding character <laughs> sketches, and I'm like, no, what are you talking about, <laughs> dude? It's fucking hard. I'll tell you what, my 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 friend Cindy, who you know, um, sent me. She uses this thing called Headspace, and it helps you meditate. Um, and I know you and I have talked about meditation before, and you're I like, think, I fucking can't do it. Well, I think that we talked about this thing when you got one of the times that you guys were on Red Horse Radio, this headspace thing. Maybe. I think we did, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, she packs her own bar when she comes Yeah, up I know. She, she takes, yeah, she's, she takes that seriously. Um, <laughs> I took a, a cue. Like, I brought my own lime. I know. And, I and saw nice. it. Yeah. You, you brought your own booze. <laughs> um, I heard she did you a solid last night. Yeah, yeah, she uh, turned in her... Um, and I didn't hear it from her, I heard it from you. I should make that clear, that like she's not <laughs> boasting. Hey, guess what I did last night? No, she was a beta reader on my on my the next my upcoming book. And yeah. She gave me the last of her notes last night, which was real cool. Of her. You know, that takes a lot of pressure off of me, because I have two left, and I'm like, well, Cindy's is ten times better than anything I'm going <laughs> to fucking kick out. So if she did hers, that takes a lot <laughs> off of my plate. I'm like... Check that box off. Yeah, no, she she did She's great. solid. Yeah, she is solid. 
Uh, What's going on? I'm I'm coming over here to get some ice in my cup. Oh, here yeah, I can I, just pass this to you. If well, you like. here, how All about right. this? You yeah. just you just fill me up there. You know that's what the guest does. It takes care of the the host. You're the co-pilot. <clears throat> so I lost my train of thought now because I wanted more booze, which often causes you to lose your train of thought. Well, I was talking about like the value of being goofy and like oh, yeah, li- yeah. living creatively and giving yourself a license to do that. Today, on my way over here, I'm stuck in traffic out here. Yeah, and I ha- I've assembled a I've assembled a Spotify playlist to mm. go in accordance to the new book. Like it's the to go along with which type of homeless person you see on the street that needs your baggies of stuff no no it's like the cyrus the dead guy like playlist on spotify Ah, and on there is like um istanbul was constantinople and i'm sorry but you can't just sit there and listen to that song you gotta like (laughs) do the bebops and the doodaloo you know and all this stuff so i'm in traffic doing this um and i'm singing along to they might be giants and ah, I, very good. And very I good. and I look over the car next to me, and there's this smoking hot chick just watching me. And you're like, do the I Violet do the date? No, 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 no. It's a passenger. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. in another car. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. I guess. What are you gonna do? You gonna stop and become a? Admit it wasn't that you're a, a pick. It was a scratch. <laughs> that's a Seinfeld reference for all those who don't oblock. No, I, but it was. Th- I was thinking about, um, you know, you saying that you're already working on your next project, and well, that's unofficial. Yeah, um, <laughs> don't get me an angel. But, but I, but I understand that because, like, I'm trying this headspace thing. I'm trying to learn to meditate because I understand, you know, not only metaphysically, but you know, from real science, from a real science uh. perspective. Stopping and taking 10 minutes to clear your head and just focus on nothing is really good for you. But it's so fucking hard because, like, I'll be listening to this guy and he's like, if you feel that your mind's drifting off, don't worry. It's normal. Just bring it back as soon as you think that you can. Now, refocus on your breathing in and out, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And I'm like, Okay, shit. Now, I got to check some emails here pretty soon. I wonder what's going on with... Uh, you know what? I forgot to post that thing on Twitter. It's like, I for 10 minutes, I can't fucking let it go. Yeah. It's fucking hard, man. You're talking to the choir, bro. I know all about it. It's... But yeah, I mean, it's I've, I've been doing it this every is why, day, this and is, I've been trying to force myself. And 20 days in now, it's finally just now starting to work. Well, congratulations. Yeah. But I can't do it. That's why I drink out of mason jars. Is this- <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so- yeah, my brain's always fucking moving, man. If, if I'm not doing something, like, I'll be sitting here trying to meditate. Like, for the first three days that I did it, I would find, now, do you do not like- only did my mind drift, but I would find myself starting to go, oh, okay, let's open up, oh, oh let's check Gmail. So do you sit in front of your computer when you're meditating? I do because the application I listen to it on their webpage. Yeah, but now I like it. Seems lean like that's back distra- and put you, my feet up. Do you blindfold? I don't. But you got to get away from this crazy, this blue light that comes out of here. It, yeah. fl- it fucks your whole system up. I do close my eyes. Does that work? I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. I just sit here like this, maybe <laughs> my hands over my eyes. <laughs> so this show is always about creating and 
being creative and storytelling and how we tell stories and what we do to make ourselves ready to tell stories. So I think this is all valid because I think these are some of the things that you struggle with when you're passionate. I mean, I've talked to several different podcasters and they're always like, yeah, I'm always worried about, you know, what the next thing is. And I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to cram this in. And most of us all have full time jobs still. Wouldn't it be nice to do this for a living and just not have to go to work? Yeah. Maybe we could all live off the grid in some crunchy granola village. No. Gotta, <laughs> I got to fucking draw a line somewhere. <laughs> so, so tell me about what you have going on. I know you're taking a little break and you're going to have some time to yourself. and You're going to have some fun, but uh, you've been working pretty hard on two the, years, man. It's been two years. Has it been two years you've been yeah. working on that thing? Um, Fuck, it feels like just like yesterday. The Dijin Jihad book dropped. Well, yes. Two years ago. September, 11, no, I can't remember the actual date, but September two years ago is uh, when it. I got the internet. I could look it up. It's all right. Yeah, it's it's not that bad. But I don't want to. Yeah. So that's all right. <laughs> so and I started work like right directly right from there. I just scooched it right into working on the stuff I'm working on now. You're gonna take a break between these. You're gonna take a break between this and the next project, right? Yeah, like this two days that I'm talking about this weekend. <laughs> you need to take yourself like 60 days and just fucking veg for 60 days. No, I mean, work like, on some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I always got other stuff working. Yeah, working like uh, my the big project is called the ages. And that's the one that I'm about to submit to the publisher. Um, and then right. On- I was honored to write a blurb for you. Thank yes, you very much yeah. for letting me do that. Thank you. I didn't know if you wanted to fess up to it right now or not. Sure. But, and Dude, then- I loved it. It was awesome. I was one of your beta readers and I read the entire thing. And then you have to read the whole thing first before you can go back and start making notes on things. At I, least that's my opinion. Yeah, I imagine. I, and, and I made it through the second set of notes and then I was supposed to clean them up and send them to you. And the third set of notes that I was supposed to, but Cindy took care of that. Yeah. So yeah. We're good. Uh, and so I got like two littler, like comic book size books coming out after that. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on, those are the ones I'm working on now. I, I kind of think of it as like a package deal, like all three of them kind of together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I know like, cross promotion as it were, it's like supporting books. I, yeah. think, I think something like that. Like you can read one and and not lose anything, but yeah. if you read all three of them together, yeah, then you get a more full and and it has like a rich running, experience. It's got a running theme all the way through it. If you want to see a skeleton looking dude kicking a lot of people's asses, <laughs> these are the three books for you, yeah. my son. Well, tell me about the ages because I know you said this is the first thing, and I don't know whether this happened all the way through. But I know you said when we talked before that this was the first project that you took on where you were starting. You did it stream of consciousness. You kind of did it by the seat of your pants. Well, um, the first chapter for sure was because talking to like you and people like Nelson and, mm-hmm. and Dave Fairhead, like where you guys are like, oh, isn't it wild when your characters do something that surprises you? Yeah. And I guess that I'm a tyrant with my characters <laughs> because... They never get an, they never get one over on me, Dan. Like no, ever, no. even in this project. Well, this yeah, that's what I'm okay, saying. Okay, like, cool, cool, cool. I designed the process to give, uh, to give the. I designed the method that I was going to do this book, at least the first chapter, um, to give the creative essence or whatever yeah. the ability to like juke and like uh, zigzag on right. me or whatever. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really cool. Like, um, I really dug it and I kind of tried to like the other 
the other chapters were a little bit more structured, but I still tried to like to do that because I wanted that experience of like, yeah, yeah. Because it's like I write and then I write and then I write and then I yeah. do the art. So it's like once the art's done, you know, there's not a whole lot of surprises that they could do. You yeah. know what I mean? Does it make any sense? No, absolutely. And, You're just and you know, I, looking at me. No, no, I'm, 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 okay. I'm looking at you because it's, I find it fascinating <laughs> to hear you describe the process. Because you work a little bit differently than I normally do in that you usually do have a very structured universe and a very you, you usually have your characters following a very rigid path. Yeah, like in the book, uh, the main conflict is between this guy, Cyrus, the dead guy and God who mm-hmm. he, he always refers to as like the tyrant and all this stuff. <laughs> and really what I realize now that I'm looking at the book, like subjectively, I'm not in the middle of it anymore is I'm like, I'm the tyrant to my characters. <laughs> You're God. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I, when I read the entire book, I saw that too. I'm like, I wonder if John's going to get that. He's the God of this universe. Yeah. I'm like, they're all bitching about me. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it, it was just hilarious. It's very meta. It, it is. We're in very meta pro, uh, uh, situations right here. And it's it's a and it's a fun thing because as writers, as creators, we are the gods of of what we create. Be it art, well, it's all art, but I mean, be it visual art or writing or songs or whatever we're creating that we're creating the characters we're creating the universe we are the gods of that and we are imperfect as imperfect comes so it makes you wonder you know as your story does is god himself oops i don't know exactly what i did here but let's see if we can fix it what what do you mean no he doesn't realize that he doesn't realize that he's messed anything up that's what i mean like he's he thinks like Oh yes, this is all wonderful. I've done such a fantastic right. job. He's like, who are? It, 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 there's actually a biblical precedence for this. Uh, yeah. One of the patriarchs, I can't remember which one, but is like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, everyone, just cool down. Like, what are you doing? And God gets pissed at him. Imagine God getting just fo- focusing anger or just on one of his little <laughs> dudes. And he's like, look, man, you got this whole universe to worry about, but you're worried about one guy. Yeah. And he goes, look, man, it wasn't you that took these harpoons and put it in the nose of Leviathan. It wasn't you that created all the like it's like he's fucking he's air. He's a rapper. God, he's, <laughs> he's like, look at all my bitches and my hoes and my money and my earth. Like, this is- <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> Now, I, you know, it's, it was a lot of fun for me to watch you take all of this knowledge that you've accumulated over the years in terms of, you know, ancient wisdom and, and this arcane knowledge and just the, uh, you know, I mean, you have a lot of a lot of very interesting, um, where'd my mind go? I don't know, man. It's like, well, one of the things I did is I took, like, I assembled, like, my favorite, like, fringe kind of things and I tried to like work them all into like to this book like you know if you if you're talking about like someone like Jordan Maxwell and like his talk on like the Satan death or the Saturn death cult mm-hmm. like that stuff I use some of that stuff and I reflect it in the book or like uh, um, Joe Atwill mm-hmm. in his work saying like the whole Jesus myth was a fucking Roman psyop yeah, you know, like it's the Jews in the in the in the year sixty A.D. You know, like I use some of, like some of that stuff, and like 
Well, yeah, I mean, you have all this knowledge about magic and the Kabbalah and, and chaos magic and just myth and legend and everything else. And just to see you take all of that, mix it up and pour it out, make something really cool with it was it's awesome. like yeah, it's like a daiquiri of the occult. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love that. It's fantastic. I think I owe Jeanette a dollar now because I said the word fantastic. Um, I have two words that I say a lot: fantastic and tremendous. Okay. So we have like it's like a swear jar, and every time I say one of those words in this virtual swear, swear jar, I have to throw a dollar to it. <clears throat> yeah. So you what you should do is put like a PayPal thing together. I should. There you go. You, you can fucking fund some shit. <laughs> You've good ideas. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the book was fun. I got to work a lot of like my pet, like conspiracy theories or whatever you want to call them into there, like into the book. It's still tell like a, a crazy story. Like everyone's like, well, you know, I've heard the story of Cain and Abel before. And I'm like, probably not like this. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hesitate to call it a remake because I know how you feel yeah, about right, that. No. But you've taken these these old ideas and these old myths and legends, and you've kind of given them a new, a new treatment. And I think that that's one of the things that I found fascinating is because you have knowledge in so many of these different areas, and, and so many of these characters, we'll call them, recur in you know Islam and Christianity and Judaism. You know, it's they're all the same characters it's just kind of who's the most important yeah. from one religion to the other well there is, there's also like this idea um uh hebrew scholars or whatever call a, call it a midrash where it's like it's kind of like an echoing of the story over and over the same story like over so it's kind of like a kevin smith fucking kevin smith movies there you go they're like, you know it's like you look at like the idea of cain and abel where it's like brother versus brother mm-hmm. and there's like a god, like a like a god and sacrifices in play and then you look at like moses and the pharaoh and that's like brother and brother and there's god and there's all this uh stuff going on so it's like these echoes like over like over and over again through these ancient texts and stuff that kind of kind of play on that sometimes i can't remember who it was but somebody said something similar to that like History doesn't repeat itself, but it definitely rhymes. Yeah, like um, it rhymes or like, uh, fuck, what does Lucas say? He says, you put the, a flourish on the end of it or whatever to make it rhyme or some, like something yeah. like that. But yeah, um, it, so when you look at these things, it's you can almost kind of see like it kind of is being a remake like over and over in like our basic like sacred uh, uh, te- text, like the, like the Bible, like. Mo- like um, Moses and the Pharaoh and like Cain and Abel and that's just like one of the big you know that's like just one of the I big never things. made that connection before that's that's actually kind of fascinating uh, I'm a fascinating guy yeah, I know you are that's <laughs> that's that's why I had you on the show so many times that's you know one of the things that I'm going to regret about hanging up nice story from my perspective but maybe Jeanette and Alex will read it, reach out to you at some point yeah no. I know that we're going to try to get them on your show yeah. if you're in town between, when they're here between our podcast universes, there's plenty of opportunities. Yeah, exactly. We'll cross-pollinate. <laughs> but, um, uh, so there's the, like, those kind of ideas that go through, because when the when the Hebrews, I was going to say Jews, how f- politically incorrect is that? <laughs> uh, when they start looking at these... You know, but I know a lot of Jews that refer to themselves no, as Jews. I was being... F- is, is that like, is that like, if I'm a black person, there's a certain word I can't say unless I'm black? Well, no, listen, I'm... <laughs> Uh, I was at Subway the other day. Okay. And this is what all this political correct 
stuff and like this Black Lives Matter and all this stuff is, ha- is doing to my psyche right now mm-hmm. is I was in there and there was a black motorcycle cop in there and he was right in front of me at line and like I'm- did you start singing YMCA? No, no. I start <laughs> okay, going through it and the lady I ordered like a tuna or whatever the fuck I ordered and the lady's like, "What kind of cheese do you want on it?" And when that question is thrust at me, my stock answer is white American. That's what kind of fucking cheese I want. Right, because but all of a sudden yeah, I'm like, delicious. and I just look at this fucking black cop and I'm like, uh, I'll just take the American cheese, please. And then afterwards, I was like dissecting myself. Like, what the fuck yeah. was that? Like, <laughs> dude, I self-censor myself all the time now because I'm worried about. I'm saying something completely innocent and I mean nothing yeah. by it. Right. But somebody else is going to construe it completely differently. Yeah. And that, I think, is sad. Yeah. And I think that's... Well, we kind of have to do that now or we're going to get Twitter shamed to the point where we're not going to be able to come outside anymore. (laughs) My good friend Gwendolyn Keist and I were talking about this last night. Yeah. She's been on my podcast before. She's awesome. Yeah. This was was an off, off recording part of the show. And we were kind of talking about just facebook and social media in general and just like sometimes you just you just like i'm just not gonna say anything like you type out a response and you're like i'm just not gonna say anything because people are just gonna lose their fucking mind like you and i went back and forth on a topic which i think other people outside of our relationship would have been like whoa what's going on with these two and me and you were just having fun you know yeah yeah um but we were talking about the third party thing. Is that what you're talking yes, about? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I, I'm a big proponent of if there's somebody that can get up there and, and have a rational conversation, we should listen to that person. Yeah. And, and you know, part of my political stance, as, as you know, and as listeners of the show will probably know, I'm libertarian. So I'm probably going to vote libertarian. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you're throwing your vote away. Yeah. How am I throwing my vote away if I'm voting my conscience? Because my choices are not vote at all. Yeah. It's not like I was like, well, gee, I was thinking about voting for Trump or, gee, I was thinking about voting for Hillary. But, you know, Gary Johnson makes more sense to me. Well, not to. It's pretty much I came into it going, these two are fucking stupid and Gary Johnson (laughs) makes sense to me. So that's where I'm voting. Yeah, Not to like this is (laughs) this is the same conversation I had with myself when I started watching Survivor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you can't just, you can't just play to your heart, or they're all gonna gang up on you and yeah. fuck you in the sand somewhere and throw you off the island. Like, you, there's strategy to it, I suppose. Yes. But I don't want to drag this whole thing into politics. This is part of my free my brain weekend. Is yes. I'm unplugging from. I'll say one. Limits. I'll say one last political thing because you and I, uh, you know, we we enjoy our politics. I enjoy my politics off camera. Yeah. You enjoy your politics very on camera. Um, I kind of hope Trump wins. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because it's a reset button. And and Sarah said the same thing, and it makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Like, if Hillary wins... Uh, fuck it. Um, if... <laughs> <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do the little scale thing that nobody else can see here, yeah, and I'm gonna weigh the two candidates, uh-huh, uh-huh. between the two, they're both fucking insane to me. But I think Hillary may be slightly less insane, but I think she's the worst choice because she is business as usual. She is she is the same political 
system that we have had forever. Yeah. And at this point, I think we need a dialogue and a reset button. So I kind of think that the internet troll should win because if he wins, people are going to be like, holy shit, what did we fucking do? Yeah. And then there's a conversation uh-huh. and then maybe we can start to rebuild the system. No, I mean, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of truth to what you just said. But like I said, I watched I their debate and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Why did I even waste my time? I was working and I had Twitter open in the other window. I was like, I can watch the, the debates on Twitter. Why wouldn't I want to torture myself? Right. Of course I want to watch that <laughs> fucking yeah, train wreck. My ulcer and my hemorrhoids <laughs> just fucking pour blood out of them. <laughs> Stress related. Wait, there's a gun here and there's a bullet right next to it. Why wouldn't I want to load it? So tell me about <laughs> so, tell me about um, you have done some executive producer work and you have uh, created this monster called the Queens of Non NC seventeen right? Well, I will never say that I created. Well, them. you brought them to the world. Let's, I let's say, say that, that I discovered them. Okay, you <laughs> discovered them and gave them a venue to bring their brand of. Yeah. of awesome insanity yeah, yeah. to the to the world. Well, they've since broken up with me. Not not in a bad oh. way. They've uh they've uh built their own studio. They built their own studio. So they're in their home base now. They don't have to come out. They don't Are they going to have, gonna have you on the show? Uh there hasn't been talks about it, but I do know that they are not keen to have a lot of guests. They that was part of their like kind of charter going in. Mm-hmm. Is they didn't want to have like a guest of the week kind of thing or whatever. No, but I mean, maybe it would be nice if they like when your book comes out might bring you on. No, I, that's just my opinion. Yeah, um, I, I I plan on inquiring. And now that I know they're in iTunes now. Yeah, we 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 had a you and I kind of had you know no, some you talks. Helped, this is one of the things that you helped me with. Like yeah. help me with is uh, we had a strategy for them. Yeah, and you know? um, the first day that they were on iTunes, their listener their downloads doubled. Yeah, I like I was looking at the bar graph the other day. And I think that's a smart thing. You yeah. know, I mean, it's like I can't remember who I heard that from. Yeah, don't tell anybody the secrets. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so uh, I knew if you want secrets, become a patron. That's right. Yeah. Become a patron on Patreon. Dude, at- that might be something you might want to think about is doing like podcasting cl- production classes. I could and do like a. I could bring you in. Make a th- yeah. Make a thing on 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 Patreon or like sign. In- to your newsletter or something like that, I I don't know, but you definitely don't give the good stuff away for free, right? Well, definitely you have the know how and the production value. I mean, yeah. you sound like uh, uh, a million bucks <laughs> your your podcast. Well, that that's kind of the hope is that when we launch into season two of the lift, that it, we've already launched season seven of the Wicked Library, and I think both shows sound expensive. Yeah. So because both shows sound expensive, I think that. Hopefully, we'll be able to attract a a large following of patrons on Patreon that are like, not everybody has to pay for it, you know, yeah. because I understand not everybody can, but those that can and that are fans of the show, you know, I think that it, it it's worthy of support now, because I think we put together a pretty professional show. So now when I think of <clears throat> like sound quality to me, it's like, <laughs> it's like when you listen to like fog hat or like the <laughs> bands from the 70s or like even like typo negative oh, like yeah. you could just hear like the guitar string yeah. in a way that you just don't anymore you yeah. know what i mean like there's something about the analog plugging in like that metal on metal kind of like fucking thing yeah 
<clears throat> you hear the calluses on the on the guitar strings. The yeah, little, like you can, <laughs> like you listen to like Dimebag Daryl and like Pantera Cowboys from Hell, and you can just hear how loose the strings are. And yeah. Like, wavy and bouncy and stuff yeah and i've never been like an audiophile which is great because you are for the both of us yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um you know when i listen to your shows i'm like oh this is what a podcast sounds like in my brain i like i listen to i listen to my me and my guest babble on about like atlantis or fucking whatever yeah and i'm like oh this is what a podcast sounds like and then you just go and listen to some random fucking thing on Stitcher, and you're like, oh, they recorded this in a cave in Afghanistan. Yes, I'm John. I'm chilling. My mom's coming downstairs pretty soon. And it's like just five people sitting in a room around one microphone laughing, and you're just like, yeah, it's echoing off the walls. Say, yeah, microphone. It's like a bat locate. Like you can, like you see the model of the Enterprise that yeah. they have, like, on their armor where their fucking TV is <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, <clears throat> so, so tell me about discovering the Queens of NC-17 and, and kind of oh, what you yeah, yeah. did to put that together. I kind of tried to, yeah, I got started in that, and then I'm all of a sudden I'm talking about Enterprise models. This the is the Ninth Story know. podcast. <laughs> At least this is the Ninth Story podcast that I know and that Weber knew, and it's called fucking Tangent City. So, yeah, that's all fine. Right. So, um, I knew one of them, um, and this is before they were Queens of NC-17. They were the Go Go Ghost Girls. And um, I knew one of them through an Instagram account. And uh, she would which one Andy okay <clears throat> and she would post uh, so let's let's start there who are the the queens of NC seventeen well there's uh, Andy who the is brunette the, yeah well black well black okay let's, yeah black hair uh, and she seems I don't know if she's the leader but she seems to be like the point person okay and then there's China 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 love China she's fucking hilarious China White and then there's uh, Iana. Mm-hmm. And she's the tall, super red, super redhead. Yes. And she thinks that redheads were aliens, which is why she chose red uh, nice. when she dyed her hair. <sighs> so she's not red to begin with? I don't think it's natural, no. I've, I remember, I recall a conversation. And China's hair is not naturally blue, apparently. No. And it's it could be any color, any I time. I thought she, she was like from over. Robotech or something. <laughs> Maybe! <laughs> <laughs> So China, I, China, China, China. Donald Trump saying China. I knew um, Andy and I were Instagram friends, okay. uh, fellow artists or whatever. Yeah. And she was pr- promoting her. She was doing movie reviews. And I was like, hey, I'm looking for a guest. And, you know, you are seem like your, your Instagram account at least is fun. Like, do you want to come on and talk about your movie review blog? And she was like, yeah, I would love to do that. But you have to know I come as a package deal and I never it's never just going to be me. It's I have these two friends that go everywhere with me. And I'm like, that is kind of weird, like commie hive mind stuff. But okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And so they came over and (laughs) that's right. We come to you. This this is very good. We come to you and we talk to you on your show. I bring you my sisters with me and we talk to you. Um, so they knocked my socks off. Uh, we did like, I think like an hour, an hour and a half or two hours. Just a red horse radio. Mm-hmm. 
And at the end of the episode, I was like, hey, by the way, you guys need your own podcast. I don't know what you have to do to fucking do it, but I, I would listen to you guys talk about shower curtains for fucking an hour or whatever. And that's basically where it started. They yeah. had um, they had some kind of TV show option with a, a major cable network. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to whatever. The, those are not my details to spill. Um, but they had to jump through some hoops to... They probably wanted them to change their whole look and their format and everything. No, no, else. it was a matter of the, the the TV show that was being developed having an accompanying podcast that they didn't have any control over. Ah, so eventually, like a um, couple months or a couple weeks, I, my grasp on time is you know yeah you know two years a month right week. yeah <laughs> yesterday tomorrow ten years from now. So eventually, this uh, cable channel passed on the option so they were free to move to move on with ah, the podcast there's like a little bit of a, a gap but they would come over uh every two weeks and record a couple shows and stuff and mm-hmm. at first i was like manning the soundboard and like listening in and you know making sure everyone was close to their mic sometimes failing at that job <laughs> as i would do because they would crack your ass up <laughs> um and then eventually it would be like I would sit off in my writer's nook in my studio and just like draw and doodle and let them let kind them of do everything. the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, I guess confidence level or whatever. But they were like, hey, uh, I sent they asked for um, like an Amazon shopping list of all mm-hmm. of my equipment and I provided it to them. And next thing I know, they were like, peace out, brother. See nice. you later. Yeah. See, but that's good. <laughs> I mean, I, I heard somebody say the other day. That if you raise your kids right, not that they're your kids, but you know, you're you were their mentor. If you mentor or if you raise your kids right, eventually you get to the point where they don't need you anymore. Well, this all goes kind of back to what we were talking about at the beginning, about just being kind and, yeah. a, and being a fucking Absolutely. human being to somebody. Yeah. Like you're looking at these three best friends having the fucking time of their lives, yeah. just fucking cutting up, and you're like, the whole world needs to be able to listen to this. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? And right. like and they were like, oh, we'd always want our own podcast, and that would be so great. And then you're just like, I, if I just give up a little bit of time, I have the ability to help to yeah. make, it, make it happen or whatever. Not that I'm like, again, they're your gift to the world. world. That's right. You're welcome, universe. That's right. Go Here you are. Queens of NC-17. They're now on iTunes and Stitcher. You and can, Google, you can, of course, find them at society-13.com. Uh, and they're they're hilarious. I'm actually gonna drink with them tomorrow at Cinema Wasteland. Oh, it's well, gonna nice. be me, Fairhead, and the fucking Queens hanging out in, in Ohio, watching the uh, the Strongsville Can Crusher. There's this woman. Have you have I ever told you this fucking story? No, but this is do. why I love Cinema Wasteland. And you guys, if you guys are listening to this, feel free to send me some money for plugging your shit because I'm about to tell you the craziest fucking thing that happens. <laughs> At Cinema Wasteland. <laughs> Every year at like midnight, this fucking lone taxi just rolls up into the parking lot out in front of the door. The fucking door opens and this lady gets out and she drinks beers and she'll fucking put the can on the ground and she'll fucking do like a fucking pussy meat pile driver split <laughs> and crush the cans. 
And it's free. She doesn't have a fucking Patreon. She doesn't have a PayPal. She fucking does it. And then Do she people just, tip her? Do they throw her like I'm dollars? Sh- yeah, I'm sure. And then she just walks in. And the story is, is that there's some light prostitution that goes on after that. Wow. I don't know that. I don't know anything about that part of it. But I, I'd almost guarantee that if you Google search like the fucking can crusher at Cinema Wasteland in like YouTube, someone's had to have gotten a fucking video of this so far. But it's hilarious. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I actually That's her art. Yeah. That's her that's her gift to the universe. I actually want to somehow copyright or trademark what did I say? Is the fucking <laughs> Pussy meat pile driver? I, that's hilarious. That sounds like the new subway. I'll take a white American on the pussy meat pile driver. On a, on a Let's just go super politically incorrect. On an Asiago cheese fucking foot long. That's. <sighs> that's too much. Wow. That's all going to be like beep, beep. Oh, no, I'm not cutting any of this shit. <laughs> hey, that's, you know, we just made it. If, if somebody wants to listen to it, that's their problem. Yeah, you're giving it away anyways. What the fuck do you care? <laughs> that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Nice story going low. So what are you writing nowadays? I am writing a story called Nine Ways to Die. Is this for the lift? or is It is. Okay. Now, I thought there it's was a some- fucking hard story to write too. I will tell you why. Because there's nine options. Is it a choose your own adventure? No, it's <laughs> it spans 800 years. Oh, hey, I know something about long running. Yeah, uh, storylines. It's 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 a 4200 or thereabouts word story. Okay, spanning nine, spanning 800 years, um, and it is the events that take place between plummet. And slightly after Broken, okay. Uh, because when we we when we did lift Broken is episode three, which I wrote and it stars Nikola Tesla. And the last episode is our season finale was Plummet. Cindy wrote, and it is Victoria's story of what happened. It's to like her, her kind of origin story, yes. right? Yeah. And of course, Plummet takes place before Broken because when we play with the lift, everything is kind of out of sequence. Tarantino ish. Tarantino. So Nine Ways to Die is the story of what happened to Victoria's father whenever he came home and found the building broken, as it were, Uh, because the events that occur when Victoria falls cause the building to break and it opens ruptures in space and time all over the place. Okay. Um, And you're going to get a little bit of information about kind of how the building works and what Victoria's job really is and how she does her job. Um, but it is happens- it true that she is a time Lord. Maybe no, oh. <laughs> no, she's not a time Lord. She is a, she is the living embodiment of Schrodinger's cats. She is, a, she is both alive and dead at the same time. So she kind of exists in both realms okay. and she's unique in that regard. Sort of. Okay. Because she's going to meet another person later this season who is very, very similar to her. That's the coolest shit that I like is when the stories kind of intertwine because you have the total power just to do like a bunch of one-offs. Yeah. But I like when a one-off turns out to be like like a mythology piece, like part of like the mythology piece. I I love that shit. See, that's really fun to me too, which is why... 
like Nelson's story for season one of the lift was the basement and it chronologically it's a very early story in Victoria's career and it's the first time she has to deal with someone that is so bad they can't be rehabilitated and they have to be put away and if you haven't listened to the basement then you need to go listen to it but it's a story about her coming to terms with the fact that she has to do something she doesn't want to do and later on in episode 17 if I'm not mistaken The Wet Man by Aaron Black um, the character from Nelson's story comes back so Jefferson shows up in in the first in, in Nelson's story which is season one episode one of the lift and he also shows up again later and if you'll have to listen to both episodes to kind of hear how they connect so Scarlet Algie's story we did that as well she had a story called Dark Music and it had a character named Tom who was the main character the protagonist of the story and he has a very small part but important part in my final story of the season the one that you actually did the artwork for called the storm uh so tom her character shows up at the end of of my story this is the boxing guy yes yeah 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 so i i asked her permission i said can i use tom from from dark and we actually sat down and we went through like what year was it when your story occurred? Was it the 1970s? Okay, my story See, takes place in See, I get off on that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would fucking love that kind of shit. So we like, we like, Sir Scarlett and I were like, when do you think, like, I was like, could it be, have been in the 70s? She's like, well, I think when you asked me before, it was kind of around the 70s. I was like, perfect. Because he has a Pinto and, you know, <gasps> okay. you know the ones that you hit, is, is it, was it with the Pinto that I think you hit in was, the back? I think that's the Gremlin, sir. The one you hit in the back and they explode? They explode, yeah. I thought it was the Pinto. I think it's the Gremlin. We could we could both be right. We could both the be wrong. The seventies were crazy times. That's right. Everybody was fucking stoned. They didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> so, Jimmy Carter ruining the world. That's right. <laughs> it's one of my favorite eras. I love disco. Small disclosure, which people will probably already know. Um, so I wanted to write a story that was set in the seventies. Okay. And do you notice when I did the art for the dude, I gave him real long sideburns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you it was a seventies yeah. story. So I was like, "This is perfect." In <laughs> um, Victoria, we had Victoria dressed up. She got to wear that was my gift to yeah. Victoria. She got to dress in bell bottoms and yeah. have long hair instead of curly hair than pigtails. She got to give the peace signal symbol and wear sunglasses and. You know, the little John Lennon yeah, type yeah. sunglasses. So it was kind of fun. Um, I had a lot of fun with the color palette. Oh, yeah. Doing, doing the, the palette for that. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love the uh, the car because when we were talked a lot about <laughs> what car it was, it was a Lincoln. Yeah. And I'm uh, like, it's really hard to make these fucking boxy Lincolns dynamic yes. when you're drawing them. I like, I had thumbnails and I'm like, oh, we'll do it from the from a bird's eye view yeah no, no it just looks like a domino or, or something they're like we'll fucking do it like this and it'll bend with the curvature of the earth yeah. and i'm like no that looks like something from the jetsons or so like it was it was real hard for me to get that car down well you did a fantastic job and and it was it was fun because you know in that era you know you had a lot of those the style of the movies and the tv shows where they had like you know almost like a comic book type of thing where you had panels that would overlap each other and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And you It know, reminds me of like, have you ever seen this movie called The Four Brothers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wal- Wahlberg. They do a lot of that throwback to the 70s yeah. stuff in in um, in that movie. Yeah. So there was like that shaft type element yeah. to it, you know, and, like, and I knew you were the perfect guy for that for that art because I was like not only and I remember does, the 70s yeah, a little bit a little bit <laughs> yeah. yeah I was born in 72 you were born in what 70 
Four? Oh, you're younger. I thought we were the same age. I, don't know. I always get confused. That's old age. <laughs> I remember. I thought we were born in the same. Weren't you in a crib next to me? Um, so where do you see the lift in like five years? Is this, is this something that you can keep developing? I think the stories are limitless. I mean. Now, are you afraid that you're going back to Victoria? Obviously, you're not. But I'm concerned like you're going back to showing her origin to condense. You're only going into season two. Well, there's we we don't give you everything. Okay, you know there's bits and pieces. Um, we're we're always holding back a little bit of the information, so you're going to get and and people that are true fans when we start to reveal things are going to be able to go. Oh, I see this yeah. and this fit together to that's this. Cool. So that, yeah. That's kind of that's one of the things that really excites me when I watch a show or, or read a story or you know read a comic book story, series or whatever is like those little pieces you're like oh that's why they did this way like, back here you gotta be a real lunatic to f- like like a Stephen King kind of situation yeah, it's like the dark tower yeah like you gotta be a real lunatic to pick out all the fucking tie-ins and yeah. stuff that uh, he has <clears throat> but that reminds me like a few years ago I had this brilliant idea I was gonna try to get um, I was going to try to go through uh, the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. and I was going to try to pick out stories that I can link together oh, and like yeah. do like a Twilight Zone like Infinity War or something. Oh, that's cool. Like all like a bunch of the coolest Twilight Zone characters like uh, having to face off against like Cthulhu oh, that's or fucking cool. something like that. <laughs> like I just like I yeah. just had this idea of <laughs> like Shatner's character from the fucking plane thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Just fucking freaking out the whole fucking like totally unable to keep his shit together all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like someone I can't remember. Maybe it was you. Could have been somebody else that told me that there was an episode of the Twilight Zone that takes place on the ninth floor. Oh. And um there is. Go look for it, folks. It's um Oh no, it's, it's the, the mannequin one. Yeah, it's the mannequin. Yeah, I think we talked about this before. Yeah. I have actually referenced it in in the Ninth Story podcast before, but it's it's very creepy because it's like these mannequins get to live a, a regular life for I think it's like what, a month or something like that, and then they have to and come then they back. gotta go back, yeah. Right. And you know, there's like all this stuff like what what is she talking about? There is no ninth floor. We've only got a three story building here. Right. And, you know, that's kind of, it, it very much feels like the world of the lift to me because it's like, yeah, there's no third, it can go wherever it wants to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to go into some of the mythos of, of the lift this, this season. Um, mythos meaning we're going to start to reveal some of the behind the scenes stuff. We're going to reveal, for instance, how Victoria gets all her information that she needs in order to be able to do her job. Ouija and boards. A, no, it's actually a brilliant. <laughs> brilliant story written by um, young lady by the name of KB Goddard who had a, a story on the Wicked Library last season and also on this season of the Wicked Library um, and the uh, the name of the episode is The Lost Library uh, and there's a little crossover action there actually is some crossover action later in the season uh, a story written by Nelson Piles <gasps> So, Who's that fucking guy? I don't know. Some some, some, some guy. Some, no. some some guy we know. <laughs> no. Um, but he wrote a great story where Victoria and the librarian get to hang out for part of the episode. That I cannot wait to see what Nelson does with a conversation between I just imagine the librarian and her like sitting down with 
we could eat a picnic or something like <laughs> it's not far off yeah um it, it's gonna be a fun episode because it's gonna air simultaneously on the wicked library and on the lift oh cool um so we'll we'll get some of our audiences <laughs> to cross over dude is brilliant yeah. yeah and um nelson's gonna do the voice of the librarian of, of course, course. Yeah. and amber's gonna do vi- the the voice of uh, victoria and i'll be narrating the rest of the show nice so it's That's brilliant it's, it's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun to do we have it's it's done. It's approved. It's gone through Cindy's edits. It's it's out there. Um, it's just a matter of getting you know Nelson to do his voice work, Amber to do her voice work, and then me to do the narration. And that'll be, I think, about a third of the way into the season. It'll it'll definitely be after the Halloween episode of the Wicked Library. So, which I'm excited about because we're we're gonna have our second annual um, live Wicked Library show. Nice. And our second fantastic ec comics expired inspired is it ec right ec yeah yeah Yeah. ec comics inspired cover by dr john towers yeah i'm doing this one too yeah all right cool you you agreed agreed to that (laughs) (laughs) this kicks back this is your reminder this kicks back to the the eight arrows of chaos yes i was talking about earlier (laughs) yeah so it's gonna be fun um last season we did nelson uh Last season was actually, you know, maybe we can maybe we can reveal some behind the scenes work. Um, originally, my concept was that Nelson was was a zombie and he was coming out of the grave, and I was there with a shotgun, right, shooting him to try to keep him from coming back to take his show back. Yeah, um, and you're like, well, let's make it more cooperative. And so it was like I was digging him up, yeah, and and bringing him along. That to, was my idea. Do, yes. Okay. Yeah, which was actually cool. That's one of my. F- I think I've told you on a number of occasions, um, one time on a very drunken occasion, man, that's my favorite cover ever. No, that's cool. Yeah. So this season. Well, you don't have to diminish it by saying that you were depleted in your. No, that was one of the times. Okay. All right. That was, that was like the extra lovey dovey time that I told you that I loved the cover. But yeah, I mean, every time I look at that cover, I'm like, that's kind of like what the wicked library is all about. It's like that homage to that. Yeah, well, there's no reason it should be angry. Now, look, I'm ruining a lot of street cred here in this episode. Like, all this happy-go-lucky talk at the fucking beginning. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people be like, no, that fucker, he he should have wrapped his arm in barbed wire and strangled Nelson's dead corpse with it. (laughs) Or grabbed a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. And I was like, no, let's all just be friends. Why can't they just just help him? Six savage seasons all in a row. Six scary seasons for the beast to grow. Six wicked seasons to keep you up all night. Six nasty reasons for your wicked delight. Six wicked seasons that you thought was scary. Wait till season seven of the Wicked Library. <laughs> September 2016. Visit thewickedlibrary.com. From Society 13. Redefining podcasts. <laughs> So I, I have a self-serving question to ask at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Do you have an artist or two lined up for this crossover event? Because 
I do. Okay. All right. Never mind then. Why did you want to do it? No. Fuck your crossover event. We're doing two covers. <laughs> we're we're doing we're doing a separate cover for each one. Yeah. Um. Would you like to be involved in that? Well, I feel like now you're just saying it because I've no no no. I, I, yeah, oh. No, I, I like the idea. It hadn't occurred to me before because I know how busy you are. No, the, but so I don't like to ask you for things. No, but the thing is, is like with the crossover event, the, like when Marvel and DC crossover, mm-hmm. the best thing about it is with Marvel doing DC's characters and DC doing Marvel's characters. They're never quite the same, and there's always like cool nuanced differences and stuff. Yeah. So I would love to be to be the art side of one of these. A crossover. Well, our friend Steve Matico is doing one of them. Boom. So that would be awesome. So you and Steve can, yeah. can Wonder Twin Power activate. Yeah. And you can talk about it. So yeah, I'll let him know. I'm yeah. sure he's he's busy too. So yeah. I mean he I'm sure he would be happy and he he loves your stuff. Yeah. So the two of you well, can kind of team up on that. And it's cool because we both do each of those characters. Yeah. We've both done them before and we both do them totally different. Yeah. So yeah. That'll be fun. I yeah. appreciate So we're gonna that. do the librarian and Victoria and Victoria and the Librarian. Yeah. It's gonna be kind of cool. Yeah. So Boom, I'll, look at that. You guys heard it here first. I just weaseled my way into a fucking job. <laughs> Boom. That's how you fucking do it. <laughs> you just ask, and I'll be like, by all means, please help you, me. You're just like, who's doing this? I'm going to fucking elbow everyone out of the fucking spot. Yeah. And I'm going to get in there. Yeah. No, it'll work out cool. <sighs> um, yeah. So, like, do you ha- like do you think of like seasons at a time or do you like know? Are you a tyrant? Do you like know where it's going and like five years or do you even have like a time limit on it like that i'm doing it kind of actually this year is the first year I, I know a season at a time okay like last season was a lot of by the seat of my pants yeah for both shows right um this season i actually had kind of a plan like for instance this season for the wicked library um not only do we have a bunch of artists other than maddie right you know, because yep. maddie yep. did all the art for a long time yeah and with everything she had going on, oh, and it made sense for us to... Can I just step on you sure. real quick? Uh, my heart and all my feelings and hugs and unicorn rainbow powers go out to yeah. Maddie right now. I know she's going through a hard medical problem time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's it's sad. And I'm hoping that everything's going to be fine. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, I mean, she was like one of those pioneers there with Nelson. Yes, the, absolutely. The so, yeah, I mean, uh, it's... We have a bunch of artists involved now. We have we actually have new artists again this season. Some a couple of new artists. Where are you finding new guys at? They actually reached out to me. That's awesome, dude. That's <laughs> yes. the fucking best one. Right. <laughs> you know, because the Wicked Library has a little bit of cred now. So yeah. not that it didn't before, but right. like it's growing in popularity so, as it should. So what's the normal kind of like reach out to you as far as like hey? Is there any artwork that you need done, or like how 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 people, is it? People reach out to us on Facebook. Um, there's the the Wicked Library page on face on Facebook. Uh, there's Twitter. Yeah. Um, there's of course the email address, which is um, you know submissions at thewickedlibrary dot com, and people reach out and they're you know to send us stories and to send us art. And um, one of the new things that I'm doing for this season is because I don't feel it has to be all me is we are going to actually have guest yes, narrators. narrators. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's the other way that I thought we could help grow our show and also help cross-promote and now, grow other shows. Now, I have a question for you, though. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm very selective. Yeah, I'll tell you that. I was going to say, like, how much editing are you going to do to these poor narrators <laughs> that submit stories? Or does it work like that? Will you marry a narrator to a story? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm <sighs> I've always been very protective of the Wicked Library as well as the Lift. Like. I won't invite somebody to do the show that I don't think is actually going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's cool because there are a lot of stories that we do on the Wicked Library that are female driven, meaning the protagonist or the is main character. Des- is that by design? Or is that by, is that no, by choice? Or just it's a- just the stories that we get in. Well, because a know? lot of your contributing authors are female. Yes. Like probably. Over fifty percent, I would think. I would say right? at least fifty percent. Yeah. yeah, and you know some of the some of the women that write the stories, it's it's an omniscient point of view, um, omniscient point of view, um, and and some of them are strong, close first person stories, and some of them are, you know, in the in the voice of the character, uh, very very close first person stories. So it made sense for me to like this next story that we do is going to be Gwendolyn's story, and Cindy narrated it. Um, so it, it has, and Gwendolyn listened to it last night and she was really happy with it. I could do that story and I've done entirely female. I've right. read yeah. in the voice of a woman before. Yeah. Um, I'm in touch with my feminine side. I'm right. cool with that. Yeah. But there's something more immersive about having a female voice handle well, that story. Because you don't have to fight that instinct. Right. You know, like there's never the question, like, is this a woman talking right. or not? Yeah. And it's like, and that's not like elitist or no. male or feminine or whatever. No. It's just like a woman sounds like a woman. A man sounds. I mean, you don't find too many. I mean, you can recast a character, but even even today, I mean, even you know people that I know that are binary or or whatever. If it's they non-binary or dude. non-binary, yeah. I'm sorry, people that are non-binary. <laughs> And I, I only know I, this because I make fun of them. I'm tr- <laughs> I, I know. I'm trying. I, I try so hard. I, I'm trying to do the right thing. I fuck up because no, I'm, I, I'm, that's why people have to die because I'm like in my forties now. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm open to all this stuff yeah. and you know, I'm cool with people, you know, being what they want to be. It and- reminds me of the, inter- the birth of the internet. Yeah. Like there are people alive right now that don't know what it was like before the internet. Yes. <laughs> And that's what I think about when I think about all these gender binary, non-binary, yeah. cisgendered, all this stuff. I'm yeah. like, wait, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything to get myself in trouble. Like I said, I'm partially unplugged this weekend. Right. I'm just having fun. So, uh, but yeah, like. I'm totally cool with that. Whatever you want to be is whatever you want to be. Wherever you want to put your dick, I don't give a shit. Whoever you want to identify as or, or, or whatever parts you want to. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. You're but, a giraffe. But, but I'm, fine, buddy. You're but a giraffe. I was born in 1972, and I'm just as well-intentioned and well-meaning as I am. Yeah. I'm going to occasionally fuck up and say right. the wrong term. I wasn't trying to put you on blast. No, no, no. I I'm just, like, I'm just okay. telling my audience that. When I was know, a little boy, there were two kinds of little boys you can be. Han Solo or Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Boom. That's it. That's the fucking way it was. Now you can also be Princess Leia if you want. <laughs> and that's cool. And Jar Jar Binks and, and Jar- Chewbacca. And- Whatever. Yeah, that's you, cool. You want to be a speed race, a fucking pod racer? <laughs> you want to be Chim Chim in the trunk with with Spritel and all the candy? That's cool. Whatever. I don't even know what that means. Chim Chim? Yeah. You, you, you Is watch that an speed Ewok race? thing? No. Chim Chim was speed. Ra- you said speed racer. Oh, but that was a mistake. I was trying to say pod racer. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Speed Racer had Chim Chim and, and now it all makes sense yeah. and pop in the back. Yeah. How are you gonna have a super fast race car with the big fucking fat guy in the back seat all the time? That's right. I'm pop. You know, it's it's fucking funny because when I was growing up, I was like I identified with Speed Racer, and now that I'm in my forties, I'm forty four years old and I'm a fat guy. Hey, I look more like pop. I'm like, I'm pop now. Hey, listen, but look at the same thing that's happening with uh, Rex Racer Racer Rex. What about the same thing that's happening right now with, not right now, but it has happened over the years with The Simpsons? Yeah. In the, at the very beginning in the 80, like 88 or whenever it came out, Bart was the main character. Yeah. Nowadays, Homer is the main character because all those kids that were identified with Bart are now all fat <laughs> fucking old guys eating donuts Bald all the time. donuts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, when I first started watching, I was in college. Yeah. Just graduating high school. Now I'm homer it's like matt lauer he went from looking like matt lauer to looking like homer simpson and then getting busted buying cocaine off a fucking crackhead matt lauer yeah really it was all over the tabloid see i don't watch the news dude no no like when you go to pay for your food at the food store yeah all the magazine there's like i sold cocaine to matt lauer (laughs) (laughs) ah that's too funny so, are there going to be any more like staple characters added over time? Do you think to the ninth, to the lift? Maybe. I mean, yeah. there's mother and there's father. Um, my story is going to be about dad, and Cindy's writing a story about mom. Um, she has a little brother, Merritt, and Merritt's going to be explored a little more as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that we're, we've talked about doing with the show is... I is, imagine it's the balance. Yes. Like, you really got to... Because people value those one-offs where they don't really right. have to think too much about it. Like, you just enjoy the story. You don't have to worry about doing the con- all the plugins and connections and stuff like that. Yeah. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, right. You're fucking low rent. You're fucking in the ditches right ah, now. Hey, we're running this show into the ground, Jeanette. <laughs> um... I don't know. I mean, I may, I may leave this in. I may cut it. I had a realization the other day as I was writing my Lyft story. So all the Lyft stories are about choices. Right. And characters are drawn to the building, yep. and they have to make a decision. Right. And if they choose well, yep. they learn something and they move on. If they choose poorly, they typically get stuck in the building right. until they learn their lesson, and then they can move on. Okay. So there's the basement, which is where all the bad people go. I always go. assumed they were just stuck there. No, the the people that choose well get out. Well, I knew that, but I thought if you choose bad, yeah, I thought that you were just fucking stuck there. You're stuck there, but you have the opportunity, depending upon how bad that is, that like you have to go through your mechanizations and learn your lesson. Yeah. And I realized no, this the is other- very Gnostic. This is a very Gnostic idea <laughs> yeah. that you have going on. So I realized the other day in listening to Plummet again, because I was listening to it as I was writing my story to make sure I was getting all my facts correct. I realized that Plummet was Victoria's choice. Like she is just like every other character. She was drawn to the building and she made the wrong choice. So she's stuck. And because I always wondered writing this Could story. Could she leave the building? I always wondered like, why is she, why is this poor little girl stuck in this building? Yeah. And then I listened to Plummet again. and I realized she made the wrong choice. She's stuck there until she learns her lesson. Albeit she's the guide and she's like the one in charge of that. She's kind of like the Pat Sajak of the building. Yes, <laughs> she is. Tell them what she's won. Yes. She's won a way out. So she, she, um, 
she goes through all these these 800 and it's because my story spans 800 years that I kind of came to this realization that by guiding all these other people and watching them make bad choices or good choices or whatever in that process she's actually learning and she gets and now I know I'm cutting this at the end of the story my story ends right where Nelson's story picks up all right so whenever we do the chronology of the stories this season there'll be the first story is called the lost library which is by kb goddard then there's my story and then there's nelson's story and in nelson's story it starts off with victoria very um uh, but nelson nelson's story is really good it's basically her walking around and going you know i really never had a choice in any of this and well you just look so happy and proud when you're talking about this stuff like i fucking love it (laughs) It's, it's fun to have a show that actually, it, you know, after years and years and years of trying to put something together and to figure out what you want it to be, to have something that people respond to. Yeah. And, you know, I always knew Victoria was kind of a special character, even whenever I first created her. Um Or when she revealed her, say, when you? she, re- when she revealed herself to me. Uh and decided that I was lucky enough to be the one to uh, present her to the world. Um, I knew she was a very special character, and I, I knew that a lot of people would identify with her. And it's it's st- still stunning to me. Like, I, I go to iTunes, and I look at reviews, and, you know, in the last three months, I think we've had 60 reviews. Yeah. They're all five-star reviews, which is just blows me away. Yeah. Well, listen to you talk and tell these stories that, spoiler alert, that you fucking cut out of the episode or yeah. are going to cut out of the episode. Yeah. It's so awesome to see you like being like so just proud and just happy uh, about these these stories and this world that you're building and this podcast <laughs> that you're fucking constructing out of your own willpower and know-how and having all these people help you. And well, that's the beautiful part. That you're building. Yeah, yeah, that's the beautiful part is this. Like when I go back and I look at season one of the lift, it's it's really cool because like everybody picked up on the vibe. And like if you look at all the stories together, all the authors had kind of the same vision of Victoria. And going into season two, a lot of the stories are very similar. Like they have a lot of they're exploring a lot of the same concepts. Yeah. Um and it's kind of creepy sometimes because it's almost like how can this many people just given with a given a minimal amount of information how come it, up with it wound, it winds up meshing somehow? yes like it winds, yeah like the stories cross over it it's mesh. like tire tread yes fucking f- just yes sinks into yes. itself yeah and that, that, that's the part that's a little in a fun way spooky that you know it's almost like she's whispering in people's ears going no I wouldn't say that I'd say this instead <laughs> um, All right. You know, but the, the fact that there's um, so many talented people involved in it certainly it helps the show be what it is. You know, from the artists to, you know, the, we've had a couple of we actually had a couple of guest voices last season, uh, which is which is kind of fun. We had the folks from the Just a Story and um, this is what happens when you drink people. Uh, <laughs> the Just a Story and the Audio Dime Museum podcast come on and, and do a couple of authentic Louisiana voices for a story, The Wet Man, actually, which I talked about earlier, that had a couple of assassins from um, Louisiana. And they both came on and, and gave us that authentic flavor, which I tried to emulate in a third character and 
probably failed at miserably. No, whenever I think about that, like I always think of like the '90s X Men, like uh, Gambit, yeah, like La Cherie, and like yeah. all this just bullshit fucking stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. There's who who was it that wanted to play Gambit? There was like a, a pretty mainstream actor. Oh, that like, dude from Mad Mike or whatever. Is that who it was? Yeah, because yeah. he's like, I'm from Louisiana and I could actually play. And he, when he did it, I was like, that actually sounds like real people from Louisiana to me. I don't pay attention to any of the X Men movie stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't hear that. Did you Did you watch the uh, no. Apocalypse no. thing? You do. I don't pay attention to any of. Uh, with one caveat, I did finally cave in on Nelson W. Pyle's recommendation alone. Yeah. To watch Deadpool. Oh, well, you had to love that. Yeah, I like that. Deadpool was fucking awesome. Uh, my favorite part is when he got shot in the asshole and went yeah. right up Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> the whole movie's about getting fucked in the ass. Yes. Like he does that with his his girlfriend trying yeah. to fuck him in the ass earlier. No, no, no. He's like, yeah. That was a great movie. I, I mean, I love anti-hero. To me, that's like, it fits in the, to the same vein as Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think was one of the best yeah. Marvel movies ever. It was just so meta yeah. and just so like yeah. chewing on the superhero movie cliches and stuff. Oh yeah, it was. It literally it fucked Superman versus Batman over. Like when he's making fun of how they land when they fucking like jump down yeah. and they punch the ground and stuff. Yeah, that's all that fucking movie was. It was just, it was hilarious. I love Deadpool. So tell me about Luke Cage. Oh, I'm only like eight <laughs> hours in. Well, you're far enough in to make a judgment then. Yeah, I like that. It's a lot like, it's kind of going back to like what you were saying about uh, like 70s movies. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not so 70s, but it does have like a definitely like, like uh, one good man is in a part of town where there's like shitty corruption and he's like, you know, like straighten it all out kind mm-hmm. of, you know what I mean? You got the old lethal weapon thing going on. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, I like that. They, I hear they're making an awesome remake. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> My favorite part so far, Luke Cage, is like, the I think the third or fifth, fourth or fifth episode in, they do a flashback. So you finally get to see in the cinematic universe how he gets his powers. And he's like in jail or whatever. You said third episode in? Third or fourth or fifth episode in. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I should have waited for Broken until like four or five then. But they do this thing. I like, think you have to wait, though. Like, you can't make it your first it can't episode. Be the first episode. Right. You have to do, it's gotta be a you have to do like a few episodes, yeah. and then you go back. But they do they do the whole thing where they put him in a 70s costume. Like, oh, that's they, awesome. He's got, like, the tiara and, like, the arm, the fucking armbands. And they nice. put him in, the like, the testing chamber where they're doing, like, whatever chemical thing they're doing. And he busts out. And he punches through this wall and he gets out of prison and it shows him like pulling clothes off a clothesline and he's got like the <laughs> the yellow shirt with the wide fucking V-neck and like the jeans <laughs> and like the chain belt and he still has like the tiara and the armbands on. That's nice. And you're like, this is such a hilarious nod to how ridiculous this character was in the yeah. 70s. And then he like walks by a car and he's looking at himself in the window and he's like, you look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> So who plays Luke Cage? Uh, it's at Mike Coulter. He played okay. he played him in the Jessica Jones uh, series too. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. But uh, so so for those that don't know who Luke Cage is, what's the premise of the character? He's like uh, 
in the 70s, Marvel did this thing where they noted Grindhouse movies and how popular they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they took like the genre of like black exploitation movies mm-hmm. like Shaft and like Brown Sugar and Foxy Brown and all oh, this yeah. kind of stuff. And they, I also, lo- you know, I get it. I love those movies. They were fantastic. And they also took like the, um, uh, like the Kung Fu movies, like the, like the Grindhouse style Kung Fu movies. And they started developing characters based in like this genre. So mm-hmm. instead of Shaft, they had this guy called Power Man mm-hmm. and he's fucking Luke Cage. And he was a jive talking black man <laughs> And he was stationed in Harlem, and he had fucking he was broke all the time. So he had like heroes for hire, where he wasn't like he wouldn't go out and do good deeds for the good of it. Like he's like, bitch, you better pay me. Like it's just like stereotypical, like in a negative way. Yeah, but it's it was true. It was kind of true. You yeah. Know? And in the kung fu side, they had this dude like named Danny Rand, uh, and he fucking. He got uh, in an airplane crash when he was a kid over this mythical Chinese island of Kunlu, and he got to learn how to manifest his chi and do all this fucking crazy kung fu stuff. And to win his rite of passage, he had to fight a fucking dragon. You know, they were like, go, Danny, fight this fucking dragon. (laughs) And this dragon had like a pattern on it where his heart was fucking like breathing fire out of it. And in order to to kill the dragon, Danny jumped on it and like bear hugged the dragon and got branded. So he's got this dragon like fucking tattoo on okay. it, but it was from this wound or this hole that this dragon had. And then he punched it in the heart with his fucking hand. He uses she to punch through this dragon's heart. And then ever since then, he can focuses chi on his hands and he gets the glow it's basically the fucking glow before Barry Gordy that fucking hack motherfucker (laughs) he he can focus his chi and like that's why he's called Iron Fist okay so so Luke Cage is kind of like him uh Hancock yeah but he's not like but he can't fly no, and like his, like also the. You know, what? I loved Hancock until like the two thirds of the way through the movie. That third act, I don't know what yeah. the fuck. It, it's what like the fuck. Everyone just checked out. They're yeah. like, "Oh, we're angels." Yeah, and the rest of the fucking thing. I'm like, my favorite part of that movie is when he shoved the one dude's ass over the fucking <laughs> other dude's head. Your head going up his ass. But um, the one superpower that no one talks about Luke Cage having is that he can fuck bitches. He fuck bitches <laughs> all day long. He, oh yeah, baby. He was uh he was in the Jessica Jones show, and it's like the first sex scene in the Marvel Cinematic Universe took place on the Netflix Netflix show called Jessica Jones. It was like the first, I believe, the first or second episode of Jessica Jones, where she meets Luke Cage, and they decide that they're going to have sex, and they're having sex. They're not just having sex. It's not just interracial sex. It's interracial anal sex. Wow. Yeah. Jessica's like, hey. Is she pegging him? No. No. She it's goes, the other way around. She goes, hey, this isn't working for me. Let me uh, roll over underneath you. And he's like, all right. And then I had to actually fucking do research. And I'm like, this can't the anal sex in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they took it right out of the comic it's right in the comic where she's like I'm so empty I must feel something and she fucking rolls over hitting it raw 
Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, there's some uh, progressive things going on over there in the Back in the day, if Morgan Freeman was young enough, he might be able to play Luke Cage. Well, he didn't become an actor until he was like 50 or something. Who? Morgan Freeman. He used to be on the electric company. Dude, that's the Spider-Man used to be on the electric company, too. Uh, He was easy reader on the electric company. (laughs) Let me grind on that. All right. So listen. (laughs) I'm easy reader. (laughs) Now he's like. He's the president. I'm the voice of God. He's the president in every movie or the vice president or God or, or something God, all yeah. the time. Yeah. I'm Morgan Freeman. Oh this is God. the sound of my voice. So I got a new book coming out called The Ages. Yes. Let's talk about The Ages. It's a four chapter book and it follows the procession of the ages. Wait, with 13 chapters? Four. 12? Only four. Only four. Yeah. Um, you need 13 though now because apparently... I know there's the internet rumor that NASA has added a 13. No, really, symbol. dude. So what happened was I've been waiting for all my beta readers <clears throat> and stuff uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get stuff to me. So yeah. it's been quite a long time since I've had the book kind of in like its last phases yeah. of stuff. And this week, really, the universe kicked me in the in the ass twice in the same day. And I was like, what the fuck? Like. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, that's because I saw you post about that on Facebook. So here's the thing: uh, I'm sitting there minding my own business, like I said, waiting for uh, waiting from um, my beta readers, <clears throat> and uh, I get this uh, this thing co- comes across my Facebook feed, and it's like NASA expands the Zodiac constellations, and I'm like, oh no. Like, this is bad. Like, in the olden days, there was a 13th constellation. It was yeah. called Ophicufus. Right. And they decided not to use it because they wanted to divide it equally by 12. Yeah, yeah. Because it had to fit with the months right. and the, the hours and all this other stuff. Luke and Cage. I, and I thought it was, like, cool to have something that was, like, out there but kind of hidden, you know? Yeah. Like, to be part of the book. Um. And so they start talking about this, and it's like the snake bearer or the snake wrestler. And it features heavily into the first chapter of the book and so i started kind of like hyperventilating about it like why are they talking about this like let the book come out first and then like i could be ahead of the curve right like i said i've been working on promotion yeah i've been working on this shit for like two fucking years why you nasa what the fuck yeah so um so that was the first one um and then the second one was like i was going through my uh podcast lists on stitcher and I was like, oh, uh, John Anthony West is on Joe Rogan. You know, this is going to be uh-huh. interesting. So I start listening to this episode and he starts out, boom, with a bang about talking to, like a little lecture about the procession of the ages. And I'm like, it's the same fucking thing. Like, there's plenty of information out there, but it was kind of like no one really knew what it was. And it's yeah. such an integral part of the book. The book is named after the procession of the ages. Yeah. So, um, that's what kind of kicked me in gear, and I was like, I gotta finish this fucking thing up right now and get it fucking put in. Um, so, which age are we in? How many ages? Have we we, are, how many ages have we cycled through since are, the beginning of civilization? We are right on the edge of Pisces and Aquarius. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Exactly. Yeah, that's been happening since the fucking seventies. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking about a your the procession cycles are like. Uh, two thousand six hundred and seventy years apiece. Okay. So well, yeah. I guess. Large, I guess like forty years is no yeah. big deal. There. Right, yeah. Right. Um. So what happens is, is because of the wobble of the Earth, um, the zodiac sign moves 
backwards through the equator in the night sky. Okay. So it starts, you know, so my book starts with uh, uh, Gemini, and then it moves to Taurus, and then to Aries, and then into Pisces. So Pisces, just to put perspective on it, Pisces would be like when Jesus was the representative in the Bible for uh, for for the for Pisces, you know, he's always talking about he's always dividing fish, and yes, he's always talking yes. about his school, and like his disciples are fucking fishermen, and he's fucking walking on water, like it's all just all this fish stuff all over the place. That's I never made that connection. Fascinating. That's why we have you. <laughs> That's why we have you on the show. So then you'd work backwards, and it would be um, Aries. So that would be the Ram. It, that would be. Uh, that would be the ram, and this is Mo- no. This is Moses. Like Mo- Moses is the, the lawgiver, and he's stubborn in his ways. Once he gets his mission, he never fucking backs off it. Like the ram is associated with being stubborn, and you know, buddy horns like with the pharaoh. Like there's buddy yeah. horns, and also in like Renaissance era depictions, you find paintings and statues of Moses with fucking horns. And everyone's like, no, they're like rays of light coming off of them. And you're like, but they look a lot like fucking horns. <clears throat> so Moses is the devil? No, no. The horn. I, I yeah. Know. Okay. So uh, so you got the horns. And then before that is like is like uh, Taurus. And like the bull. The, yeah. Taurus is the bull. And like in if you skip ahead to, to the to Aries. Do you know why they call me the bull? Because you have big balls. Because when I make love to a woman. I am like a speeding sleigh. <laughs> so when Moses comes off of Mount Sinai, one person in the universe will know that. I joke. have no idea what it, that is. They'll get that inside joke. So when Moses comes off of Mount Sinai and his followers have kind of fucked him over, they are building a they're building a golden calf, which is a ba- like a baby bull, because they're oh, wanting okay. to go they're wanting to go backward. They're not understanding that you have to go forwards in time. They're wanting to stick to the old ways and go back to the tor- go back to Taurus. So you know, there's lots of hidden symbology in the Bible, is what you're saying. Yeah. So, but most you know, people don't understand that. Do you know what the fucking fools. you know what the gangster thing about Moses is? Moses comes down and he sees this golden calf and he's like, "No, no, burn it, burn the whole fucking calf. Anyone who's worshiping this, make them eat the fucking ashes of this fucking calf." And then we're going to fucking kill them all. Everyone had anything to fucking do with it. He was that, pissed off. Yeah, yeah. That's He's like the Jimmy Swagger of his fucking time. He's like, make him eat all the ashes, and then we're going to fucking kill every <laughs> single one of them. Now, a lot of people say that's logistical because he's going to have to take a whole tribe of people across the desert, and the less people, uh, the better because it's being more manageable. Yeah, less people to feed. Yeah, yeah. Less people to deal with sanitation. Yeah, yeah. All the logistics. But just the idea that he's like, was that fucking rough with someone? Just like, I just want a fucking cheeseburger or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. I just love the bull. Yeah. So, and then like, if you're back in Pisces and, um, and Jesus is telling us we have to go forward into the age of Aquarius, he says, uh, Hey, what you're going to do is you're going to go like when he's getting about to get taken away at the last supper, he goes, you're going to go in the next town. You're going to find a guy with a bucket of water. You're going to follow that guy into his house. That's saying like Aquarius, the water bearer, like you're going to follow the water bearer into his house, which is the passing over between the Pisces into uh, into Aquarius. 
So when is the official dawning? When is the official beginning of the age of Aquarius? Well, like I said, it's the thing is like 2,672 years, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's any like, it's not like a rough edit. Like, I think it's like a bleed in. Like, I think we're well into the transformation at this point in time. And you look at the, um, the words and writings of like Aleister Crowley, mm-hmm. where he's like, he doesn't see an age of Aquarius. He sees uh, the eon of Horus. Where he's like, it's the petulant child. It's people who are, everyone's going to be selfish and it's all going to be about like themselves and casting blame on the world. And I think that we've Mm. made this fucking like choose your own adventure kind of flip. Like we kind of Mm. horses down here. We kind of. It's the internet age. The internet kind of is like a pinball flipper. Just kind of flipped us up into the eon of Horus somewhere where we're all, you know, uh, social justice warriors. And I have to prove how much I care about your fucking bullshit. And then, like, I got to get my dick sucked, too. (laughs) So what are the values of uh, the age of Aquarius? John's drinking. Well, the age of Aquarius doesn't. It's not in my book, so I don't know. But, like, if you listen to the hippies and the New Agers, it's all, like, because they were all made up of old hippies. Mm-hmm. So it's all about, like, freedom, like, free love and, like, the return to kind of, like, nature, eating gr- fucking granola mm-hmm. bars, like you said before. Yeah, granola. Yeah, yeah like, uh, hugging trees and all this kind of stuff. Oh, trees are sexy. But there's no, like, there's no one that's, like out saying like they're the avatar of the age of Aquarius. I mean, fucking, I think Charlie Manson probably said that, but I think you got to take that shit with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> the Aquarius Aquarius has the symbol is like those the two squiggly lines that kind of almost look like, uh, Coke line. They're fucking rail bumps. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, um, like waves of, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, Aquarius is the water bearer, yeah. so yeah, it's it's definitely water or knuckles. If you look at the other side, they're kind of like a ridge of knuckles coming at your face. Oh yeah, or or waves, which you know, if you're using the internet or telephone or whatever. So your argument is that the internet is the avatar of the age of Aquarius. Maybe that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> the water carrier represent the Wikipedia. You know, which we use for all things true. The water carrier represented by the zodiacal, the zo, the zodiacal, zodiacal, zodiacal. Yeah. You know what zodiac means? It's a, it's a Greek for zoo. It's a zoo because all the constellations are based oh, on animals. Okay, except for this guy who's apparently well, well he's the, a he's a he's a yeah yeah I guess he's a he's the, a simian. Yeah, there's a Sagittarius who's kind of like a half man, half yeah. cock horse. <laughs> This is a Freudian slip. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> While tending to his father's flocks on Mount Ida, Ganymede was spotted by Jupiter. Oh, I see things happening here. The king of the gods became enamored of the boy mm, and flew down to the mountain in the form of a large bird, whisking Ganymede away to the heavens. Ever since, the boy has served as a cupbearer. <laughs> of the gods. There's a lot of oral sex going on here. Apparently. Yeah. Ovid has Ophius sing the tale. The king of the gods was once fired by with, with love for Furian Figarian Fy, for whatever pronounce can't pronounce anything. Ganymede, when that happened, Jupiter found another shape preferable to his own, wishing to turn himself into a, a giant bird. dildo. Oh. 
<laughs> She's <laughs> carrying the Thunderbolts, then without delay. Ah. Nonetheless, scorn, the, scorn to change into any save that which carry his Thunderbolts. Then without delay, beating the air on borrowed pinions, he snatched away the shepherd of Ilium, who even now mixes the wine cups and supplies Jove with or Jove with nectar, uh, to the annoyance of Juno, who uh, is a long lost kung fu master. Yeah, Juno. I don't know. He has the glow <laughs> under the tropical zodiac. The son of Aquari- an Aquarius is typically between January twentieth and February eighteenth. Blah 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 blah. So I was kind of hoping that it was going to say like this is what this guy represents, but I don't kind of see that from any of this no he's just the guy that carries the water for everybody he's the like the water bearer Hmm. interesting (laughs) so the age of the internet troll is dawning congratulations to all of us (laughs) because that's what both hillary and trump are internet trolls so um yeah and then uh so after the that after that graphic novel drops, I have two other stories coming out. And like I said, comic book size uh, books. One is called The Non-Standard Squad 1944. And it's all about uh, Cyrus the Dead Guy, McCord the War Robot. Uh, oh, I love him. And they're facing off against a Nazi wizard, which I think is hilarious. That's fantastic. <laughs> so so basically, we're going back in time to when McCord was He's like brand in new. his prime. Yeah, this is like straight out the box. It's fucking awesome. And uh, on top of that, the, this Nazi wizard has a bunch of um, gremlins doing his bidding, and they're all trying to take a McCord apart through the whole book, like... They have, like, uh, magic staffs with, like, fucking wrenches taped to them. And they're all, like, fucking, like, working on or, like, taking off his, like, armor plating and stuff. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, gremlins were a big deal in the 40s. Yeah, well, the... Hello, I, friend. We're going to use some gremlins on you. We're going to take you apart, don't you know? Well, the idea is, like, they were once, you know, going back to, like, that uh, German and Norse mythology, like, where they're, like, wise, you know, woodland creatures, like, after, like... The industrial age this is kind of like Tolkien freaks out about this too a lot mm-hmm. is like well, these nature entities uh, kind of get taken over by like gears and the machines of men so they were started out as like Lagogus Greengrass okay you know who I'm talking about I do not Leogus Lagogus Legolas Legolas okay yeah yeah so they start out like Legolas and then they were elves. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're just Tim, they're woodland elves in the black forest of Germany. And over time and like men's corruption, they turn into like obsessed with gears and machine parts and this kind of stuff. So they turn from like elves into gremlins kind of. Does that make any sense? No, no, that? I, that makes sense. Yeah. And then the, they become corrupted essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, I, they just want to take apart this metal soldier. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and then the, the last book that's going to drop here pretty soon is a magazine, like a comic book size comic book is um, it's called uh, it's the siege of Vienna in 1683. This is literally my dream project since okay. probably for like 10 or 15 years. It's uh, the story that I want to tell. Um, and it's, I just had to figure out how to frame it and make it my own. And the, the idea way to do it is to put Cyrus since I'm doing all these Cyrus, the dead guy, books to put him in the middle of the story of the siege of vienna which is a true fucking thing it's the first september 11th 
um, it wasn't in New York and it wasn't in Benghazi. Like this fucking thing is like from 1683 when the Ottoman Empire at the height of its. Uh, so we're going back to the true origins of what all this. Yeah. Animosity between Western civilization. Well, no, this is like the midway. Like animosity has been like you're going back since. to the Crusades, right? This is after, the, this yeah. is after the Crusades, yeah. but um, this is uh, the Ottoman Empire at the strength of its power was like they were like the, the way to get into Europe is through Vienna, and they called it the Golden Apple. And so when these um, Wahhabists uh, would see each other and meet each other in the battlefield and stuff, they'd be like, "We will meet again at the." gates of the golden apple like the whole of the muslim war power we're gonna push into europe into uh vienna destroy vienna and the whole world would have become theirs at the time if they were able to do this and there's this one guy who's like the count of fucking vienna to me he's like lando calrissian like he's like <laughs> his name's like uh count er- ernesto schollenberg and uh he's this fucking guy and he was in charge of this town and it has been besieged for like 26 days think about the hugest army in the world at your gates fucking digging under your walls fucking throwing shit over your shit for 26 days no foods getting in he's got kids fucking dying there's dysentery disease everywhere and they're like hey dude if you just open up the gates we'll even let y'all live you don't even have to convert you can just give us a tax and just and the city will be ours you can have our food and he's like fuck you that's how fucking badass this guy was (laughs) and when you look at pictures of him online you're like he looks kind of like a dandy this dude is literally the reason we're speaking english now right now is because of this fucking guy they would send emissaries up to them and they would be like all the shit that i just said we'll give you food we won't even kill all your people you don't even have to convert the town will be ours. You just pay your little taxes or whatever, and that and that'll be the end of it. You can get all your dead people out. You can give them honorable burials. And he was like, "Nope, go fuck yourself." This is what this fucking guy did, and you're just like, imagine the fucking balls on this guy. <laughs> they were outnumbered like five hundred to one, like as far as the siege is concerned. It was this huge fucking deal, and uh, so it just happened. It was grounding down. Uh, combat engineers played a huge role. They started. The uh, the Ottomans started digging under the walls of Vienna. Now, a uh, hundred years before this, Vienna got attacked bef- uh, the first time. Okay, and they spent a lot of time and money building their walls up because they're like, "Hey, we're totally fucking defensible right now." Um, so they had to get past these walls. They got because all these fucking Viennans got cagey. Yeah, because they're like, "Hey, we almost just gave up the ghost a little while ago." So, uh, so they started digging under and doing uh, uh, mine operations. They were digging under, placing explosives under the supports of these fucking walls. Uh, okay. And the wall, when the explosives would go off, the walls would come down. They would use the fucking broken pieces of the walls as ladders to climb up and into the city. So imagine these fucking things are exploding. These walls are coming in. You have to defend that. Still give this guy the fucking middle finger because you're not having any of this fucking bullshit. And you got to keep all that stuff together. (laughs) So uh, eventually this guy, this other guy who he gets a lot of the glory, like everyone kind of forgets about counter Ernesto. And they think about this guy. uh, He was the king of the king of Poland at the time. His name was Jan Sobieski. The third And this guy's a fucking beast, bald head, 
big handlebar fucking mustache. He's just a fucking rock and roller. <laughs> and he got together with the Pope and he's like, look, I'm going to go save these fucking fools. And the Pope's like, all right, go ahead and go do it. So he has a bunch of guys. <clears throat> he's got the largest cavalry in the world. There's never been a larger cavalry in the whole world, even to this fucking day. And they were called the winged hussars. These fucking guys were armored like fucking samurai. They had guns because he had fucking guns back then. They had swords, fucking uh, spears and halberds and fucking guns. And they had wings like taped to their fucking armor. Nice. So like when they're like charging, it looks like a bunch of pissed off fucking like angel horses coming down on you. (laughs) These fucking wings were like eight fucking nine foot off the guy's waist. Oh, you're kidding? No, oh, so it's like you're a fucking horseman, and you have these fucking gigantic wings, and they had like ostrich feathers and stuff in the wings, making the feathers totally intimidating, craziest fucking thing anyone's ever seen. So they got there, they wound up on the plane to the east, where this guy, the the uh, uh, the commander of the Ottomans, is this guy named uh, fuck somebody, Allah Abbar, you somebody something yeah. like this. And then he totally neglected this flat plain to the east, which is a perfect staging ground. And what he did is he surrounded the whole building with concentric circles of his troops' tents to keep everybody in and to keep all the stuff out. So Jan Sobieski assembled uh, the fucking largest cavalry charge in history along this fucking plain. And he went through, completely decimated this fucking row of fucking tents. Like, what the fuck is this guy thinking about? Tents? He fucking rolled through these tents. He, uh, the uh, commander of the Ottoman Empire forces was, he was forced to split his ground, his ground army, Mm -hmm. which you never do. Sun Tzu tells you, never fucking split your ground army. And they're defending downhill because he was at the plains of the east, which was higher. I have the higher ground, Anakin. That's right. So this, think about these fucking guys. They're like, hey, eventually you're going to open up and they're like peeing on the wall of this building and he's got fucking dudes like digging down there. They're like, doing hey. the Calvin thing like, on the back me. of a pickup. Yeah, they're like, hey, give me a fucking kebab. They're like, these guys are going to crumble one way or the other. We're going to throw a bunch of shit over the fucking wall or whatever and they're going to they're gonna give up. All of a sudden, the fucking ground starts shaking. You fucking, you don't know why. It's just fucking shaking and all you hear is this fucking yelling and screaming as your fucking tent gets fucking plowed over <laughs> behind you and you fucking turn around. That's and some psyop shit right there. You turn around and you look and it's the largest fucking cavalry charge and it's not just a fucking cavalry charge. It's fucking armored horse samurai with fucking wings coming out on you and guns. You're, you're done, son. They were like, break off and attack these and you guys keep attacking the fucking building. Totally routed. Totally fucking routed. Uh, the fucking dude who was running it. I want to say his name's Keisha, but that's not right because she's like an MTV person. Right. Uh, yeah, but he had to fucking bolt and he got back to his, his homeland in Turkey and they fucking like drew and quartered him. They were like, wow. They were like, this is what you got, buddy. That fucking date, September 11th, 1683 in Vienna, marks the demise of the Ottoman Empire. That is the fucking reason we're not all Muslim right now. Like that, And that's the reason why they picked September 11th as yeah, their they, date to they, attack. Yeah, they say it's the, uh, they play the long game, where we play the short game, we forget how many fucking mass shootings have Muslims done in this country to, in this year. 
I don't fucking know. Yeah. It's been like 13. We don't remember that shit nowadays. These guys fucking remember that. So when they say, hey, we're going to pick this Tuesday morning because it's fucking Tuesday and the fucking it's sunny out. And the skies are clear. It has nothing to fucking do with it. They're sending a, they're sending a message to people who don't fucking remember anything. So that's why I want to tell a story because there's a lot of fucking heroics in there. This fucking guy, Count Ernesto Lando Calrissian, mm-hmm. fucking baller. Like I could just totally be cool. I can save all the people in my town and get some food and bury all my people that died honorably. But he was just like, go fuck yourself. You're not going to do that. I'm not going to pay your stupid fucking taxes. And then you got the Pope, whatever, in this fucking crazy Polish guy with the handlebar mustache in the fucking largest fucking cavalry charge <laughs> in the universe. That shit's, that shit's bomb. So what's the origin of all this? I mean, if that was their retaliation, their first retaliation in... No, it wasn't a retaliation. It was to keep pushing in. Um, uh, uh, back then, even like starting with the Crusades, they would do excursions. They got through France, or they got through... Well, they had, at one point in time, they had Spain they fucking took Spain over the fucking Moors did, and then they would push into um, they would push into France. You have things like the Battle of Tours, mm-hmm. and you have like uh, a lot of like apologists now and stuff talk about like, oh, it wasn't really a big deal. It was just a couple of fucking Arabs on horses in the middle of France. Wrong. It was a fucking huge routing of this guy called Charles Martel the fucking yes. Hammer. He sounds like a fucking professional wrestler. Like he fucking <laughs> like went down there and just fucking spanked them all and, and turned them away. But that was like hundreds of years before this the the this uh, Gates of Vienna thing. Yeah, I mean, at one point the height of society was the the Islam nation, right? I mean, no, that's what they the, say. The Moors. I mean, they had uh, astronomy and mathematics and written language. Uh, there's and- a lot to be said, and I I think the academics of are somewhat polluted by apologists at this point in time because you're like, look, these people are a bunch of fucking desert nomads what do they know about building with bricks and shit like yeah they just assimilate whatever culture they fucking destroy and take over and, and that's what and that's what they build and i know this is probably politically incorrect as fuck to say but like look you got a fucking tribe of fucking desert savages what do they fucking know i mean you can look up at the sky and say well they probably knew a little bit about astrology and all that kind of stuff fine i buy that uh yeah, I mean, I remember like whenever I was a kid, whenever yeah. I, you know, growing up in in the early '80s, you know, learning about different cultures of the world and learning about the the ancient cultures yeah. and the Moors, and you know, they well, were one for- of the first big empires, and they had assimilated a lot of information, and just like Rome brought culture and civilization to the far reaches of the world. At one point in time, it was. The, you know, the, the, the Moors that yeah. actually brought civilization and culture. It was the Egyptians and, you know, the, the African subcontinent that the Middle East, those were the people that were learned and had all this information <laughs> before the libraries of Alexandria burned. Well, and- they're the ones that burned the libraries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like when you say civilization, like you... I- I think, and I'm not trying to start a fight or whatever. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying what I learned in the 80s. I'm just saying, like, you got to put quotation marks around civilizations because these people wipe their ass with their fucking hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know about that. You can't say they're a championship for knowledge and they're, they're all inclusive. They fucking burned every fucking Gnostic text that was around at the time in that fucking library of Alexandria. Burn. A whole fucking, a whole fucking at least one whole religion 
almost never recoverable. Yeah. The only thing that they had about the Gnostics was what their fucking detractor said about them. It's like, that's some fucking bullshit right there. That's what it always is, though, is like knowledge is power. And yeah. if you if you, well, you go s- into a culture and you destroy their knowledge, yeah, we, basically you've destroyed that civilization. Well, you see that in Iraq, not so much right now, but like two summers ago, where Dinesh or ISIS or ISIL, whatever the fuck you call them, would go into Baghdad, into the museums and fucking destroy these priceless oh, yeah. statues and stuff. Well, I mean, think about what the what Iran and Iraq looked like in the 70s. Well, yeah, like before, you know, well, Islam kind of pushed back in. Well, we were, I mean, they were. They, no, they, no. You, you, uh, see, here's another thing. Islam didn't just push back in. Jimmy Carter handed handed well, Iran. Yeah. Handed Iran. He was like, he fucking gift wrapped it. He fucking kissed it, smacked it with a bow, and was like, here, take it all back. But before that, in the in the 60s and 70s, uh, Iran was called the America of, yes. the, of the Middle East. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting yeah, at, they, is that, they you know what I mean? Cars, everybody could drive. Women had rights. Yep. Nowadays, it's like they're all wrapped up like fucking Halloween ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was a time when they were actually in line with where we are. Yeah. It's freedom, like free, your freedom. Free, freedom, right. right. I mean, not to say that we're the greatest civilization ever, because we're kind of not. No, I think that we are. I, if I could get a group of dudes to go to a bar with me and fucking drink beer and chant USA all night long, that's what I would fucking do. Like, we, like when, you, when people say, like, we're not the best civilization or whatever, I'm like, what? Where are you fucking living? We went from Kitty Hawk... Okay, the first in flight, forgive me, John Shokowski. I know you'll fight me on that. 60 years later, we were on the fucking moon. Who the fuck else could do that shit? No, no, no. I'm just saying that our culture is... What's the best way to say this? Awesome. The West is the best. There are some other countries that have more... Nowhere, of- nowhere near as cool as we are. Okay. In my opinion. Well, I mean, we can go into like um, into Europe and look at some of the countries. They're all like Switzerland. They're they're all fucked. Switzerland's cool because like everyone has a gun. That's like the only cool thing. There you go. Yeah. That's why people are afraid to be shitty because they know they're going to get shot. That's right. right. Yeah, that's the rule. If everyone had a gun, crime would stop. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I got those two comic books. Obviously, highly controversial. Coming at least one of them coming out. Uh, See, I like controversy though. Yeah, because we used to be in this culture where we could disagree with each other, and it was okay because we learned through that process. Right, right, right. Now it's like, oh, don't say something that I don't like. I'm going to block you. I need to go to my safe space and report right. you on YouTube. Right. We're, I'm done with that shit. It's like, okay to <laughs> disagree. That's how we learn. I mean, you know, we were having a conversation friend of mine and I were having a conversation about about Trump the other day not to get political because you're on vacation you keep fucking dragging it in yeah well I gotta go there um, because you took me there so I'm not a big I'm not a big Trump fan but I will say this I do think that there is one thing that the media has been very unfair to him about and that is that they hold him to something that he said 15 years ago without yeah. saying something here's the correct way to say this so Donald 15 years ago you said this and now you're saying you don't believe that anymore what has changed between then and now to make you believe this or or to feel differently about this 
because that would con- that would create a discussion and nobody wants a discussion right. they just want to lambaste people and and be like well you said this then and now you're saying this so you're a hypocrite right that's the nice thing about being alive for a long period of time is that i used to think this and now since then i've learned all this other information i've been presented with all these other facts well and i've changed my mind think about it like this think about um in 2012 uh when obama was running for re-election he uh he basically wrote off white voters and he needed to go after all these other things. So what did he do? Like two weeks before, he was like, the media started talking about it. Well, we heard President Obama's, uh, re- he's rethinking his take on um, same-sex marriage. And then like every couple of days, they'd be like, oh, you know, he- we heard that he's still rethinking his uh, stance on same-sex marriage. And then like at the end of the two weeks, he came out and he was like, hey, guess what? I, uh, I rethought my stance on same-sex marriage and I'm all for it. Now, people looking back at her and be like, he was always for same-sex marriage. If you go back to the shit he said in 20, uh, 2008, he mm-hmm. was against same-sex marriage. He fucking said it a hundred times. I'm against it. I'm against it. I'm against it. Now he's like, I need these votes because all these white people are leaving me because I'm fucking them over. And they're like, oh, you know, he's rethinking his thing. Think about it this way. Like how much effect the media has. If you're paying attention to it at all, you've heard this. And this has just been my pet peeve this week. And I've really gotten pissed off about it. And I know I'm supposed to be on vacation right now and unplugged, but I'm just going to fucking let it go. Well, I took you there. So so listen. So what do you hear a lot? Like what they're saying about Trump voters? They're saying, oh, Trump's, you know, he's doing really well with white, white men that are not college educated. So what does that say? They're all they're stupid because they're not college educated. They're not telling you that, but that's what you're supposed to infer. Now, when Democrats have that demographic, what do they say? Blue collar workers. They're doing real well with the blue collar workers. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's all semantics. But it's they, all the words we choose. They fucking they package it up like, oh, he he's being really supported by all these fucking white idiots. Yeah. You know, but if it was on the Hillary Clinton side, they'd be like, oh, she's doing real well with all the factory workers and the blue collar workers. Yeah. It's everything that you hear. It's marketing. It's all marketing. Every single thing that you hear from the media is bullshit. Even um, Fox News has really, since Roger Ailes got ousted, it's really been fucked up. Like, I listen to it like a couple times a day just to kind of like check in with it. And they're saying fucking progress. Half of it is like fucking pro Hillary stuff. And you're like, what the fuck is going on with this world? <laughs> you know, I will say. One of my biggest pet peeves, regardless of political affiliation, is biased media. Because media is not supposed to be. But it is. Ever since we were kids. Yes, it's I been, know. Like it's, 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 but it's, it's supposed to present you with the facts yeah, and let the, you make your own determination. And I could very clearly tell after the debate that the media, most of the media was totally pro-Hillary. Right. And, no, I mean, there's no... There's, there's no I don't, I, I mean, you know, I don't buy into one or the other. Yeah. I, I don't like either of them. Right. And and me as an impartial third party looking at this, I'm like, they both suck. Yeah. And the media is totally fucking on her side. Yeah. And they're just like, <laughs> look at this idiot. Well, it it gets even crazier because it's like when the WikiLeaks dumps and stuff happen, like you could sift through those emails and you could sift through like CNN asking the DNC, hey, is it okay to run this f- fucking news article? And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? How f- 
crazy is that? It, but because it's CNN, everyone's like, no, it didn't happen. We're just going to ignore it. Forget it. Sweep it on the rug. It was one incident. It doesn't mean anything. What? Like, yeah. they're like, hey, can, hello, ma'am. Can we please run this news article? Would you like any revisions or edit edits? And you're just, it's fucking crazy. And then, like, you read other stuff. There's way funnier stuff in there, by the way. Like, oh, yeah. the fucking DNC calling Mexican voters the Taco Bowl votes. <laughs> fucking, like, um, when I think about these things. That's think, horrible. When I think about these things, I think about, like, just simple shoe on the other foot. What if someone got a hold of an email from someone in Donald Trump's camp where he referred to Mexicans as, as Taco Bowl voters? People would be lighting themselves on fire in protest. On this side, everyone just fucking ignores it. It never happened. Well, his brilliance Fuck it, is you guys he- go Google search Taco Bowl voters, wiki links. You have a whole world of fucking racism. Open light racism. Yeah. Open up to you. Just like that. And think about what if someone on the other side fucking said that. And I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm an anti-Hillary guy. I would vote for my shoe before I vote for Hillary. Come well, I- I'm glad to know that, that Gary Johnson has your vote then. No. Because- he no. He's he's awful. He's an open borders. He's an open borders guy, and his his vice president can't, candidate is uh, he's a gun collector. He wants them all. He wants them all. He wants every single one of them. You can Google search it. 120 fucking articles from the UK uh, press will come up everywhere. Can't vote for that either. That, that's out. And on top of that, he's like, oh, I'm having an Aleppo moment. He doesn't fucking know what's going on in Iran. Rightly so. He's a domestic guy. He's probably shouldn't know what's going on in Iran or, or Syria, where this fucking all these fucking terrorists are coming from. But at the same time, like, fine, you're you're like this fucking guy. You like to ignore geopolitics, but you it, it's in bad form. It's in bad form to not to, to not know. My personal opinion, though, is, and you know this, for a long time, I don't really think that it matters who gets elected. No, he's on, he signs the TPP. He's all aboard for that. Like, no, no, I mean, just in general, I don't think that it matters who the president is. Well, that's what they say. Because I, I think that whoever has the most money no, I, but I think controls that's, everything. I think that's a crazy argument, because look at Ronald Reagan. The same thing that's kind of happened with Trump happened with Ronald Reagan, where everyone, even the Republicans, were like, this guy's a fucking idiot. You can't get let him get elected. Look what happened when he got elected. This guy fucking, he turned around all this fucking, the, sub, the Submariner's bullshit, all this, like, mm-hmm. malaise measurement and all this, like, uh, instead of turning the heat on, maybe you should put a fucking sweater on. He got rid of all that shit. He's like, buy cars, buy fucking houses. He turned the fucking economy around. He almost single-handedly, him and Maggie Thatcher and fucking <laughs> Maggie Thatcher, that's it, And the fucking Pope almost single, three-handedly fucking destroyed communism, the greatest fucking evil in the whole world ever since uh, the fucking dark mages rolled the earth in the fucking uh, prehistory. <laughs> like, uh. now, if that was fucking Walter Mondale, he wouldn't have done all that shit. So I, I no, fight, I think that's... I fight that... I fight that fucking gunslinger term about like I don't really think it's it matters because it's all about who's the money you have to have a captain steering the boat and whether you you think he's it or he's a fucking puppet or whatever like you look at what happens and when it happens and it totally makes a fucking choice think about if fucking Al Gore was fucking president when 9-11 happened what the fuck he'd be out there saying it's because of global warming did this and he's fucking said that before anyways he said the terrorism is a fucking symptom of global warming because it gets too hot in the desert well, it's all fucking stupid <laughs> well that's why Al Gore wasn't allowed to win 
I, don't, I need to calm back down. <laughs> I actually, I really need to pee real bad. Well, can we wrap right. this fucking. We thing can up wrap this fucking thing up. So, so where can where can people find Doctor John Doctor John Towers? Stigmatastudios.com is the easiest place. It's got everything. It's fantastic. It's it's your hub. It's my hub. It's your hub. If I I gotta. Well, well, John, thanks for coming on this crazy ride with me. You were here for the first. And uh, and you were here for episode zero. Zero. Yeah. And episode one. Um, Before before you go and pee. Well, can I tell my favorite? Can I tell my story? My favorite story about episode zero? You can. Yeah. Uh, My my favorite thing is when I got up here in the studio and we sat there and we talked kind of about what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about. Hero like characters and movies, yeah, famous characters, bad guys, yeah, and yeah. bad guys you you love to hate type of thing, yeah. And uh, we talked about it. It was the first time you ever recorded anything to put on a podcast. And we were kind of just sitting there and like going through everything and like, okay, we're gonna press the fucking button. Let's go. Let's fucking do this thing. We got wound up. You hit the button and you looked at me like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite story as well because I, I remember looking at you and going. People were. I saw the red light, and I was like, "People are gonna hear this." <laughs> yeah, potentially, and, lots of people could hear this. But look at how far you come, dude! You built this fucking empire. Oh, that's not. No, it's, I'm very proud. I'm very well, proud to be, to been even a small little part of of fucking episode that no one's ever heard of before. And uh, it, you've done wondrous things, and your production value is the best of us all. And well, thank you. Yeah, dude. No, I'm not just blowing smoke. No, right I know now. you're not. I, yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I'm very humbled by that. I, I really appreciate everything that you've done well, for no. me and for the show, and you know, getting no. my getting me going. Because you're- you remember in the beginning, I was just sitting here going, "Well, Weber and I are supposed to do this podcast, and he's got a lot of stuff going on. So let's just fucking record a show." Yeah. Well, it's like you know, you become a, a student of the game. You know, like, you know, you know way more about podcasting than I, you probably forgotten more about podcasting at this point in time than I ever know. <laughs> the master, <clears throat> the, t- the student has become the master. Yeah, dude. No, like, but, you know, I mean, not like all melod, not Hamlet E or whatever, yeah. but, you know, like you've, uh, uh, you, you have this empire of awesomeness and I'm just happy to be a little part of it, even if it's just drawing you a doodle every now and again. I really appreciate it. So, final words, Giorgio Sukalos's hair. My final words. Are you still watching The Ancient Aliens? No. Because that well, was part of our first show. We I, talked about I watch it. how great Giorgio Sukalos's hair was because watched, it was like Alan Spector's hair. It just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I watch it tertiarily because I watched a show on Vice called Action Bronson Watches Ancient Aliens, and it's all about these guys that get high and watch Ancient Aliens. <laughs> So I watched. I up. saw that because I I, I, recently, I just cut the cord yesterday. Yeah, and we're we're using Sling TV now because yeah. I found out that everything that I actually watch Sling has, uh-huh. and it saves me a hundred dollars a month. Watch the Bronson thing. I really got to pee, dude. I can't. Thanks for tuning in for Night Story Podcast episode number four sixteen. We're gonna follow Doctor Towers in the bathroom as he takes a leak. Probably not.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.